welcome to Ram Jack and the Infinitum Wars. I am Alex. With me always is my co-host Brad. Yay! And once again, we have Jonathan in the studio. He Jonathan, won't go away. Yeah, I won't go away. <laughs> I'm still here. Oh, still here. Let me and leave. We love having you here, Jonathan. We love having you here. Am I going to get to leave? No. Oh, no. Look, look, we chained you into the studio. You just have to stay here a little while. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. We give you water and poppery to pop popcorn. That's true. I'll stay. It's not like you had a choice, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me lay down some news on you guys. Some interesting points. Wow. Here we go. All right. This is actually pretty awesome. All right. The Swiss Postal Service... Is going to let users check their mail online, like their actual physical snail mail. Really? Yeah. So they won't get actual hard copies of this mail. It's your choice. Does this, oh. does, does this mean the Swiss is going through your mail and scanning it? Yeah. So, hmm. Well, what do the Swiss get in their mail? Nice catalogs, nice letters, the nice same things thing, in general. The same things we get in our mail. Well, yeah, the Swiss are known that they have like awesome design skills. So everything they get, the junk mail in their mailbox is going to look way better than it would here. But right, they're, they're also a very crap. nice, sweet. People. I don't want the Swiss Postal Service scanning my mail. Well, it may start coming to the United States. Actually, there already is something in the United States that does this. It's called. They base the model on the Swiss Postal Service, or what they're fixing to implement, on something called Earth Class Mail, which is similar. You can sign up for it in the states. I think it costs like twenty dollars a month or something. Mm-hmm. But you give them permission, and you go to the post office, and you have to sign something. But they do the same thing. They scan in all of your mail, and you get images of it, or I think you can go online. I'm not 100% sure how it works. But you can either say, okay, recycle it, and they recycle all the mail you don't want. Or you can have them send it to you directly, or you can have them open it and whatever. I'm scared of change. Well, okay, (laughs) let me rephrase that. They don't open your mail unless you tell them it's okay. Like, they scan the envelope front and back, and they're like, all right, what do you want us to do? And you can say, open it, scan it, let me see it, or recycle it. I don't understand the main convenience. I really don't. I, I don't know. There's a very strange, awkward middleman in that yeah. system. Hey, we have your mail. What do you want us to do with it? Well, Jonathan, give it Jonathan, to me. They promise that it's secure. Mm. Your secrets through it's the mail really, are going to be It's a security question. It's just kind of laziness on the people Here's who an do idea. It. Let's stop mailing things and just use email. That's a good idea. See, but how do let's I get... get rid of this step. Let's get rid of this. Hey, let's turn all of your paper into digital files and then read them. How do I get free credit cards in the mail, though? No, oh, Jonathan, Jonathan. Digital, digital credit cards. Yeah. You just need the numbers. You don't need the piece of plastic. But I like snapping the cards into little pieces and, and then throwing, throwing them in the air. <laughs> and then sweeping that up. Yay! It's a process I have. I like the things I like. I'm scared of change. <laughs> I'm scared of change, too. I don't like that. Don't keep enforcing things on us, Swiss. I like your chocolates, but enough already. Fuck oh, you, no, Switzerland. You awesome chocolates. You're this we've, close we've to being on notice. Down. We've laid it down. Judgment. All right, guys, here's something else that's pretty interesting. Bring it. Okay, apparently in Kenya, there's concerns over the popular morning-after pill. Yeah. They have a whole campaign in Kenya about, all right, guys, we have this thing called the morning-after pill. You should use it because you don't want to end up pregnant. And that's a big deal. People are upset. What are they upset about? Oh, so they're trying They're trying to really push with a campaign. Yeah. Hey, morning after pill. There's a giant pill. campaign, use and it's it. very popular. People are like, I can use a morning after pill. It's fine. We'll keep the population down. It'll be great. Great. And people say no. Well, who are these people? Why are <laughs> they saying this? Think of the people are. No, we like oh, our defective. Is this 5 and 2 Jizo shit? I, 
Honestly, I don't have the article in front of me. I can't remember totally, but yeah. There's yeah, some five and two Jesus. We can oh, make of course, there's five and two Jesus. We can make you. an educated guess. Fuck you, Jizo people. But there's also a very legitimate concern about sexual health because people think, all right, I just have to take this pill and I'm fine. Oh, yeah. STDs, whatever, which are pretty prevalent in Africa. Right. I don't know about Kenya specifically, but I've read other things. I'm right. always consistently amazed how behind almost the entire culture is in regards to sexual science. Oh, definitely. I mean, the fact that we're introducing the morning after pill and it's some sort of shock to the system, like, what? I've never heard of this. That's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, I think globally, people are just really hung up on sex stuff. I mean, why shouldn't the morning after pill, in my opinion, be available if you want it? Exactly. But we still have people complaining about that here. We don't listen to them. But that's why they moved to Kenya. It's actually pretty hard to get the morning after pill here. Yeah. It it depends on what state you're in. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought a lot of places had like over the counter or Ooh. like Plan B or anything like that. I thought that in some states that was like illegal. Like yeah, they some, went to drastic some measures states, to yeah. make it illegal. And it's like, insane. Yeah, I want to say either Ohio or Kentucky is one of them. Mm. Pretty fucking crazy. Oh, it's Kentucky, dude. Yeah. As a woman, I will say <laughs> that if I was living in Kenya, I would want all of the options. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I thought it was just interesting. Yeah. Well, here's a story. Here's oh. an exciting story that comes from a place that I very much – if I were to leave the United States, I would probably go to Sweden. I've said this a million uh, times. I love Sweden. Sweden. All right. Continue. So Swedish man attacked by a tattooed girl gang. There's this guy. He's riding his bicycle along, having a happy day, enjoying nature, enjoying the beauty of Sweden, if da, you will. Da, 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 da. Um, all of a sudden, a group of girls attack him and rape him. What? This man was sexually molested by a group of young girls. A young tattoo Made girls. up. The, o- the only way he could identify them is he said some of them had tattoos. Mm. I think 50-year-old man attacked 50? 50-year-old man attacked and raped by young girls. I don't think that happened. Sweden. Sweden. Bravo, Sweden. So these girls got together and said, whoever comes down that road, we're going to get them and we're going to rape them. I guess. And it was the 50-year-old potato farmer. <laughs> Brad, where did the story come from? Where are you um, getting your This came from? from the local Sweden's News in English. Mm. Um, mm. Sudden, uh, a okay. rag the, incident, a one. the incident took place at 9 p.m. on July 8th as the man was cycling down Vintagaten in central Orbro. He was cycling? He was cycling. What was he they doing out there at 9 p.m.? Yeah. Did they steal his bike? Or the did girl, they just the girls ran up to him and pulled, this bicy- and pulled the bicycle down so he fell. As the man was lying defenseless on the ground, the women proceeded to pull off his trousers and underwear and molest him sexually before fleeing the scene. Ouch, he was heard to say. According to the police, 50 year, the 50-year-old was otherwise uh, was not otherwise beaten or physically assaulted by the gang of five girls. Bravo, Sweden. Bravo, Sweden. Now, they said sexually molested. It doesn't mean they raped him. Maybe se. they played with his naughty bits. Maybe that's they laughed and pointed at his naughty bits. Uh, that's what I'm thinking really happened. Let's be honest. Maybe no, tickled not a gang of five young girls is going to rape some guy they meet on a bike, especially such an old man. Sweden's an awesome place. Hey, 50 is the new 50, so. Exactly. I'm sure that man was ready and raring to go. I will say that would be pretty easy to knock someone over on their bike and either steal stuff or take advantage of them because, like, people who are hardcore cyclists, I don't know if you've noticed, but on the pedals, there's a strap that goes over and makes sure that your foot is, like, secure on the pedal. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that. To me, that's a safety precaution. That's not really safety. He probably got bruised a little bit. My theory is that 
he wanted it, but the girls were kind of ugly, and everyone in town knows that. So he kind of <laughs> had to remarket the story. Oh no, no, no! Guys, don't Where ruin this on ad. This actually don't scares me. Why they, this... they pushed me over. No. And they started doing things. No, to me. no, no! This is a wonderful story. A man in Sweden bicycling along, having a happy day. All of a sudden, sexy ladies come out of the jo- come out come out of the woods and molest. It makes me think of Mad Bravo. Max. Bravo, Bravo! Like, oh, don't go down there. That's the realm of the tattooed ladies. <laughs> Mad Max, don't go down there. I think it's awesome. Bravo, Sweden. My home away from home. All right, guys, this is going to come as an interesting shock to you. Can I hold my breath and then exhale after you tell me this story? Please do. <sighs> Apparently, artistic tendencies have been found to be linked to the schizophrenia gene. <gasps> what? I know, <laughs> Jonathan, I know. He wasn't done. He wasn't done. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, that was pretty much the lead-in, so you could have done that. It's fine. Yeah, artistic tendencies linked to schizophrenia? Yeah, there's an article on NewScientist.com that talked about this. Um, That explains the voices in my head. What? Yeah. My tendency to black out, and then when I wake up, everything around me has been broken in half. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that may be something else, actually. I'm a painter. (laughs) They did this study in Europe, and again, sadly, I don't have the article on in front of me, or I'll give you more specifics. But they, they sampled a small group of people. Not small, it was actually pretty large. And they found out the the more creative people, or the people that were more inclined to creativity in general, um, had certain genes that cause mental like psychosis or whatever. So it's true. Ignorance is bliss. Mm, no. Don't be creative, no, or else your mind will snap in half. No, that doesn't relate at all. Ignorance <laughs> is if you're not creative and you're not artistically inclined, perhaps you'll lead a healthier mind life. Those who paint and write enough, little John, poems fair enough, fair enough. might break down psychologically. Right. but okay also intelligence may be a factor in determining whether it this gene Mm -hmm. boosts your creativity or it really does lead to psychosis of the mind so if you're intelligent and you have these genes chances are you'll be really creative or you'll have the ability to counteract what may make people crazy in a way the artistic mind is a curse yeah sometimes unless you're smart and then it's okay. Mm-hmm. But dumb people that are artistic are crazy people. Who yeah. believe in lizard people. <laughs> and such things. Perhaps, perhaps. I'm so artistic that I see through the veils and I see what's on the other side. And what's on the other side is shocking to me. As people say. <laughs> They're just should be rephrased. I'm crazy and I don't have the intelligence to know. <laughs> Hi, I'm crazy. What is I wear real a beret. And what isn't real. Who are we to say what's real and what isn't real? It's just the man trying to keep us down. Get off my the line. lizard man. Reptiles. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Ren Jack! This week, as in every week, we're sponsored by the Poppery 2. Poppery 2. If I could offer a small bit of advice for the Poppery 2. <laughs> Poppery 2. If I could just interrupt with it. Throw, just throwing this out there. This week, I experimented a little bit. I bought organic popcorn for the Poppery 2. And to be honest, it didn't yield as much popcorn as I thought it was going to be for the grass. amount I put in. Yeah, that was bizarrely. Popcorn. Jonathan, don't make fun of the popcorn. It tasted all right. It was a little bland. It was a little bland. It, we, it was, it, you got about, we got about 50% of what you, we usually get out of the Poppery 2. But that's not the Poppery 2's fault. No, no. That's the, no. This is not that shitty organic popcorn's fault. Grown Who's by fu- guys wearing rose-colored sunglasses, <laughs> listening to their organically created iPods made out it's of plastics. It's all natural, man. It's better for the environment. So um, if you have a popper or two or found one, um, piece of advice – do not buy organic popcorn. Put corporate <laughs> popcorn in. Put American-made corporate popcorn inside your popcorn. Exactly. Bowl. I agree. But Poppery 2, amazing. You know mm-hmm. what else is amazing? 
What could be as equally amazing as tornado technology? I've maybe watching movies. Oh, that's Ooh. true. And you know, if I had to pick one movie that was equivalent to tornado technology in its power, force, and scope, um, I think it would have to be Zap. <laughs> the 1982 classic Zap. It is Zapping! <laughs> as, as our friends down south call it. <laughs> oh, Zapped. Where to begin with Zap, guys? Oh, Zapped. An A-plus comedy that makes the grade, as some would say. <laughs> is that another tagline? That's the, that's the tagline it has, has on That has nothing IMDb. to do with the movie. Yeah, it's in high school, but that's not really selling you the gimmick of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's vaguely in a high school. I don't even know if they get grades. And the poster, that- the poster doesn't really tell you what it's about. Well, they were, yes, selling, it does. They were selling the most marketable aspect, which was, hey, kids, nudity. <laughs> Skirts flying up in the air. That's all you need to know. What would you do if you had telekinetic powers? We know what you would do. This is it. Here's really? here's here's what's going on. Scott Bale, huge nerd, spends all this time in his own private lab at the high school. He has they, his own lab. Because there's no key to his own lock. Like, yeah. he, it's his room. He's the only one that has a key to this place. Somehow, what, what high school just gives a random student their own lab? Hey, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's the smartest kid in school. When you're the smartest, you get certain privileges. Like I refuse lab. to believe under any scenario Scott Bale's the smartest kid in school. <laughs> but he's wearing glasses. He he's unkempt. Out. He hangs out with Willie Ames. Yeah, but he's a screw-up. Willie Ames is the screw-up. But he's the one that holds it together. He's I'm like, just saying, if Scott Bale hang out with Willie Ames, automatic, automatically I'm not believing he's the smartest kid in school. He is doing weird experiments. He's not really doing scientifically credible things. He has mice in scuba gear. They're <laughs> high on pot. They're under the influence. No, he gives them whiskey. I apologize. Right. Oh, yeah. Since when did you become a boozer? The scuba club wants to report on diving under the influence. Let's see. Edgar and Vincent were given an amount of whiskey equal to human consumption of about... 10 pints. Did he really say that? Yeah, he said 10 pints of whiskey. And the mice are just kind of bouncing off of each other. Like, how do you measure that? Like, ah, yes, the mice are bouncing off of each other in water. I've, I've never even fathomed drinking 10 pints of whiskey in my life. Didn't he also do this by request of the swim team or something? Yeah. It seems like the personal scientist of the school. Hey, hey, Barney. His name is Barney. Hey, Barney, uh, I just have a curious question. What would happen if you got mice drunk and put them in scuba gear and put them in a fish tank? You know, for scientific reasons, I would like to know. And then he says, I'll get on it. And he goes and he does it. That's what he does. He's also growing giant orchids. But the giant orchids are really just a big facade for his buddy, Peyton's marijuana scheme. Very true. Peyton's always got a scheme going on. That's subplot number four of 300. <laughs> but Barney has a problem in that just he's not doesn't seem to be all that interested in girls, and everyone seems obsessed with Barney Barney's also has... Problem. Okay, his parents are lame as hell. They're always bitching at him. His parents are insane. They tell him to clean his up his room. in particular. They tell him to clean up his room. His room's completely clean. Clean up this pigsty. What's happening? What's wrong with these people? And the father is just kind of this emasculated, downtrodden groupie of a man. He's like, yes, dear. Do what your mother's is. And the mother's a harpy. She's not lame. She's just awful. Uh, she's just... Women are really represented well, and she's the first example of this in the movie. They are. I mean, it's it's 82. And this is a teen comedy. I'm assuming this is made for a young male audience. This is true. And I don't understand my parents, man. They're lame. Well, a male heterosexual audience. But even his parents don't want him to be doing scientific work. They want no. him to be like, I guess, doing girls. And yeah. Crazy. Ne- they say, why aren't you taking girls out? This laboratory nonsense has gotten out of hand. You don't go out with girls. When are you going to ask somebody to the prom? When I find the right girl, Mom, okay? Barney, your mother and I are very concerned. 
It's your attitude. Not to mention your late hours and loss of appetite. Son, roll up your sleeves. Should we check between his toes? What's going on? Your father and I went to a drug education seminar at the school. Are you a junkie, son? Right, Dad. Don't talk to your father like that. What's the matter, Barney? Nothing's the matter. All right. We'll discuss it further in the morning. And I expect a little more cooperation around here. You can start by cleaning up this pig pen. But they also think he's a dopehead. Look, Mom, I'm too, I'm too busy learning about science and getting ready for a scholarship. I can't be bothered with girls or fun or social life. Science? Where's that going to get you? But, son, why are you coming home and going to bed at 30 at yes. night? Really? I've been working These in the are lab. Your complaints? These are your complaints. Your son doesn't isn't dating. He's too focused on his future, and he goes to bed early. Well, they're worried because they went to a drug seminar, and they think he's a dopehead. So at one point, the mother says, let's check his toes. Because <laughs> apparently the seminar, one of the key signals was something to do with the toes. Yeah. Toes no, man. Toes that's, no. That's where I put, that's where I put my pot. Mm-hmm. I hide my pot in betwixt my toes. In between my little piggy and my big piggy. That's that, that way they can't get to it. They yeah. don't, don't want them to get to it. Oh, you don't want them. Also, if you want to shoot up heroin, that's a place you can put it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know that's what I do. Don't ask, don't ask, There's don't all ask. kinds of veins on my toes from injecting heroin in my toes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right that's, that's how I roll. That's how I roll. So there is a pep rally going on at school where we're introduced to a lot of these characters and where things going on. There's a big baseball game coming. I should up. say that this this is a huge class in this rally, and they're all really excited about high school baseball, which is something I've never really seen. I don't know if baseball was huge in the 80s, but... They haven't yeah. won a single game the entire season. They admit that, and then they <laughs> yes. cheer because they think they're going to win this last one against the Tigers. Yeah, I've never, also never heard of cheerleaders at a baseball game. Yeah. Or, and their mascot is the Penguin. <laughs> so maybe that's why they lost. <laughs> so their school is kind of lame. We can pretty much say that. Through that. Which we get at the pep rally. Mm-hmm. Also introduced to the principal. Who is played by Robert Mandon of yes. Soap fame. There's a lot of people that were on later on sitcoms, right? The guy from Soap, and uh, obviously Charles and Buddy from Charles in Charge. That's Absolutely. one of the reasons I wanted to watch this. Of movie, course, because I love the first season of Charles in Charge. Who doesn't? After that, it gets lame. But so really, Brad, you wouldn't put Charles in charge of a science lab at school. You um, said you don't. You well, don't I, I, I might put him in charge of a science lab in school if the science lab was <laughs> under someone's staircase <laughs> and he was there just to take good care of it, like he's part of the family. But um, <laughs> then it's justified. Then it's justified. Yeah, yeah. But he's then, just you know, a student. It's ideal. It's. I, I think it's weird in the first place that he's even on the baseball team because the coach yeah. promised him that at least once he'd get to play. So why is he on the baseball team at all if everyone just assumes he's such a bad baseball player? That uh, is weird. Are they just trying to fill the team? Apparently. But I, there's so much so excitement about that. the baseball team, guys. How can they not get this thing full? It was 1982, and they needed something to be excited about. Uh, yeah. True. They don't uh, have basketball, which is lame for the school. I, it, it was the 80s. I think everyone was on coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So this school only has a swim team, a baseball team, and some kid that's a resident scientist. And that's all it has going right. for. All they, they got a, right, yeah. And apparently a newspaper, I uh, guess. Yeah, a newspaper. A lot of photographers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peyton's a photographer. He's running around taking pictures of girls panties and they're going oh stop it peyton but peyton that he's a rascal looking <laughs> so here we are in barney's lab he's working on some exciting new experiment and who comes in but the wacky coach mm-hmm. wacky coach tells him about how hard his life is how his wife won't let him, won't let him eat salami anymore because it's gonna give him cancer <laughs> and then he implores barney look 
what you should do is quit working on this mouse stuff or these orchids. Find a cure for cancer so I can start eating salami again. Now, when I was your age, I was always out hoeing around, having myself a good old time. Oh, I wish I was whoring around. No, you don't. Them women is trouble. First comes the woman, and then the whiskey. We used to call that the devil's double whammy. But you know something? My old lady won't let me eat salami no more. Says it causes cancer. Maybe you ought to drop this petunia shit and figure out a cure for that sucker. Because I can't live in this world without salami. No weenies either. Never mind, I think all this is a distraction so he can move the beakers around and find the whiskey. Oh, it's very true, very true. Right. And at the same time as he's trying to do that, he, of course, knocks some chemical into the cannabis growth serum beaker. And I guess we're just supposed to ignore that because he certainly does. Right. And instead, he just gets comically drunk. Of course. What else are you going to do when you're a baseball coach? Oh, yeah. So finally he leaves. Then Buddy, you know, he's, he's, he's working. He's got, he's, got his, uh, he's got his compound. He's ready. Even my Peyton also pours beer into the beaker as well. Very true. But he does. All of this is also interrupted by the chick that's going to be our love interest, the love sadly interest. enough. Yeah. Bernadette. She's snooping Bernadette. around, and it's a little dangerous. Bernadette. 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 She's got a journalist mind. She's why is she snooping around? She can sense there's something going on. She's gonna find the scoop. Bern- also, lab. get out. Much like in Roadhouse, this girl's wearing some giant '80s glasses. Huge. <laughs> These may be bigger than the ones in Roadhouse. At least yeah. we can see more of them because there's so many close-ups of this girl. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. but in this instance, the glasses are actually a pro instead of a con. Very she much looks so. so much better with the glasses. Like, this girl could almost be attractive, and I don't know why they didn't take her aside and fix her eyebrows, um, <laughs> clean her up. Yeah, get that eye. She's got that weird eye shadow a lot of times in the movie that makes it look like a shadow's being. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think she might be part werewolf. <laughs> she does have the hair on the lip, which yeah. is kind of clear in some shots. Twist part, this was a prequel to Teen Wolf. Prequel perhaps. to Teen Wolf, obviously. She's the cousin. Yeah. She's the other cousin. I will say at one point, and it must have been the lighting, because later in the film, her teeth were whiter. But at one oh, point, yeah. they looked pretty gross. It looked yeah. like she'd been gargling squidding. I don't know. It was just very disturbing. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, so she's supposed to be the love interest, and she's snooping around. But I, I keep wanting to call them Charles and Buddy. I don't I know. For it. I, do, for it. I do not know what their character names That's are. That's easier to remember, honestly, than Barney and Peyton. Yeah, Screw I that. We're going to call them Charles and Buddy. <laughs> But those are basically the characters we need to know about. There's the principal who comes in later with his own subplot. Oh, but that's yeah. basically the whole cast. Again, tons of subplots. Uh, just for just for clarity, Charles is a Scott Bayo. And Buddy, what was that guy's name again? Willie Ames. Ames. Of course. Yes. Okay, just in case people were going to go by the movie names. But screw that. You know Charles in charge when you know it. All right, so he's got the compound. Buddy's, Buddy's spilled some beer in there. Just for the hell of it, Charles gives a little bit... I'll get to the mouse. Mm-hmm. So, fine, fine. Puts the mouse down. The mouse starts moving cheese with its mind. <laughs> moving cheese with its mind? It also goes through the cage. Let's not forget that point. Yeah. He moves cheese over to the cage. It goes through phases. We don't understand what's going right. on. Charles, Charles has lost words, yeah. Yeah, he's like, how did you get that? Hmm. Huh. I'm incredulous. I'm a scientist. I'm not that curious. <laughs> I'm not going to measure Whatever. these results. My specialty is in plants. I'm going right. to be botanist when I get older. Of course, then uh, something happens. It's a scene from Xanadu. There's an explosion, and there's lights and sparkles. Wave effects. 
I honestly don't remember what happened. He gets knocked out. Yeah, he tripped and fell he, in a bunch of beakers. Yeah. It's Didn't a the very, mouse have something to do with that? Like he was trying to take the cheese from him? Yeah, and the, the mouse, mouse was like, no. Yeah, the mouse is like using <laughs> oh, his mind powers. Oh, yeah, he was going to give the mouse more of it because right. he was eating cheese. Right. And the yeah. mouse uses his mind powers, knocks it over, explosion, lights, knocked out. It's a combination of cannabis, beer, and whiskey. It's you get your cliche, only it's your cliche lab accident. Doodly doodly. There's he wakes up. He, he's a, he's a bit he's a bit strewn. He's got uh, he's got dirt on his face. Obviously, there's been an explosion. That's how you know because there's some smudges on his face. So he's he's like, oh well, it's late. I'm just gonna leave this mess here. I'm gonna leave this mess in the lab. I'll clean it up tomorrow. It's his personal. Lab. It's his personal lab. It's okay. So he goes home, and this is where his parents bitch him out again. Again. What what were you what were you doing? I was at school, mom. <laughs> I, was working, I was working late in the lab. <laughs> Your mother made dinner for you. That's so disrespectful to not show up. Oh, and there's also a running gag about her food is comically bad. <laughs> Obviously. Well, this is a, this is an interesting take for the parents because they've already bitched him out about why he's not being social, why he's staying late at work. So he gets there and he's like, okay, look, I'm sorry I missed dinner, but I'm, I think I'm going to go out, maybe get a burger or something. I'll be back later. And they're like, no, we're going to ground you. No deal. What? You're worried about your son not having a social life and you're going to ground him when he wants to go out? He shows any interest in doing that? They really are kind of the worst parents in the world. They're lame and all over the map. He gets so angry at his mother, in fact, that all of a sudden his face kind of scrunches up. He's having an aneurysm. <laughs> and the door closes by itself. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. God. And she gets really mad. She goes, oh, how dare you? And he goes, I didn't do it. The dog did it. Which I guess makes sense. But maybe there's something else more mysterious. And the thing yeah, is, he's starting to manifest powers. Yeah. But how could he have done? He's laying on his toddler's bed. <laughs> also, all the way up to the room. Why is his bed so small? It's like half the size of a twin bed. I think it's his childhood bed. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think they ever upgraded. It's like four feet long, about two feet wide. What's happening there? They're terrible parents. <laughs> this is a visual indication of arrested development within Charles. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Seriously. So it's the next day. You know, Charles has had a good night's sleep. He's in class. He's kind of struggling like, is something going on with me? I don't know. But they're in class. They're going to have a guest speaker, Who's which a is the president. Yeah. I mean, not president, but the principal of the school. <laughs> he, talk, he was the big guest at the rally and whatever. Something happens, right? Mm-hmm. During the, the uh, guest appearance? Doesn't his powers manifest again? Well, the teacher wants all of the students in the class to read their poems. Yes. So the grunge punk rock kid gets up and he recites his poem about chicks and how he doesn't get them and how he wants to kind of beat them over the head like a caveman. Everyone goes, ha, ha, ha. All the while, Charles is staring down the hot girl. Oh, yeah. He's staring her down and apparently has gotten an erection, mm-hmm. which, he tries <laughs> to, which he tries to cover. That awkwardly. was so awkward in the film. I was like, yeah. are you serious? Is this happening? Right. He's cramming his jacket over oh, top. Right. And then the, Charles, then, what's the, going on over there? And the teacher calls on him to respond to the poem, and what he's trying think? to hide his erection. Did people notice he had an erection? I think anyone in that class would well, I think as awkwardly as he was moving around and hiding <laughs> his crotch. No, don't um, look. Because there was a lot of laughing, because they were laughing at the punk kid for doing his speech or whatever. Right. And even chided him when he said culling girls over the head. But then they started laughing. I don't know if it was just because he didn't talk or they were noticing that he had an erection. Yeah, they noticed that he was desperately trying to cover his crotch. Which, really, was he going to have to stand up? Why, why is he just sitting at the desk? What's the well, what's the issue? That other guy had to stand up and give his poem. Right, but he, she, but the teacher asked him to respond to the poem. You have to stand in front of the class. Here's my response. She's an old-fashioned lady, maybe. I guess. So, what, what, what does Charles do with his little mind powers? 
causes a distraction, which he desperately needs. He makes a map fall down, and somehow the teacher and the principal are trapped under the map. Yeah, she they falls can't... on his lap. Yeah. And for about at least 15 seconds, they're trapped under the map. They are having trouble with this map. They can't. How do I get out from under this map? It could have just really? been me, guys. I don't know. But I could have sworn that the teacher gave Charles a little wink before the mad came down. <laughs> she's gunning for the principal. I mean, mm. it's obvious that she has affection for him. Thanks, Charles. Even at this like point. Secrets. 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 Charles, he's just he's just trying to help people get together. Oh, he's yeah. After. He does use his powers very nobly almost well okay oh, no 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 um, for about 90 okay of the time. let me let me cut let me let me draw that back let me back that up for a second okay while he does use his power to make girl shirts fly open and or humiliate people wow what are you some kind of pervert I ever catch you doing anything like that again, except when we're alone. Or alone. I didn't do it. He does try to help his friend Buddy a lot, right? <laughs> Which is, yeah, yeah. But... he says, "What are friends for?" So it's not really. I mean, but we should explain that Buddy is actually one of the worst friends you could ever have. Oh because god! The second he finds out that Charles has these powers, he's like, "Hey, awesome! You can do all kinds of shit for me." <laughs> exactly. Which happens really soon after the the class, right? The little fiasco with the maps. Yeah, because Buddy wants to get together with the hot cheerleader that. Charles was actually fantasizing. Right. This is one of the more interesting things. Like, Charles, he was clearly interested in this girl at first, and that just goes away. He lets his friend, you know, chase after her. He never goes... Why does he never go after her? We know why he doesn't go after her. He realizes There's a secret. true Where were we? Oh, he's she can't see no one's true love. But hey, just, just to go with the sequence of the film, so Charles eventually ends back up in his private lab... And he's confused. He doesn't know what's going on. He's got to clean up this mess that was made the other day <laughs> when there was an explosion. Still there. So he's like, wait a minute. Can I? And then all of a sudden we have a scene from, basic, what is it, Fantasia? Where the broom's coming yeah. out of the closet and bounces yeah. around. And he starts cleaning up the glass. He's having a good old time. He starts mixing chemicals. There's also a window people like to just check it, check in on him while he's doing his scientific experiment. Yeah, I wonder what Charles is doing. <laughs> <laughs> and Werewolf comes by and kind of looks in and is like, What? Because at that point, he has test tubes. He's doing, like, nine Oh, it's crazy stuff in there. His efficiency has quadrupled. Just uh, around. So what does she do? She, of course, barges in. Because oh, she's yeah. rude. Don't try to bullshit me, Barney. I saw those test tubes flying around, and I saw those maps pop off the wall. Big deal. So what does that mean? What does the word telekinesis mean to you, Barney? I've never heard of it. Uh-huh. Marijuana. I can't wait to find out how these fit into all this. Look, I have some more work to do. Can't you just leave me alone, please? Barney, you can't expect to keep a thing like this to yourself. This is it. Mind over matter, the power to move things at will. But she's not the only one that sees him. On her way and route, Buddy goes up to the window, and then, then he notices he has powers. And like, oh. So now two people know his secret. Clearly he's going to have to snap their necks with his mental powers, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. If it was that kind of movie, but this is a teen sex comedy. I was just passing by and I couldn't help overhearing. Telekinesis, huh? Barney, we'll shock the scientific world. We can prove that telekinesis exists. Now look, I don't want anybody else to know about this. But Barney... He's right. There'd just be a lot of publicity. We gotta keep this thing to ourselves. You're right. Nobody can know. So... He, he breaks werewolf's glasses, and this is where we find out that bitch needs to keep those glasses on. <laughs> Very true. I've been upset with that. Someone must police 
Those eyebrows. Granted, <laughs> it was the 80s. But no. even then, I care maintenance, I'm Th- sure. Those things were epic. I thought I was watching Twilight again. <laughs> this is an interesting point, Brad. You do tend to notice people's eyebrows in films. I Only when they're freakishly large. You enjoy, like, the very, very slight pencil thing. I enjoy eyebrows on a woman that look um, feminine. You like kid eyebrows. Not, not like a that. Neanderthal. That's just true. me. That's just me. I like a feminine eyebrow, not Groucho Marx. Never been turned on by Groucho Marx. I just don't get why... If she can take off the glasses at any time, why is she having them with her anyway? Half the, half, half the time she's arbitrarily like, taking them off and then for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Maybe they're reading glasses. And she needs to have them where she can write at any moment. Because well, she that is she on the paper. All day. She needs to be reading all day. She needs to keep up the reading. She's ambitious. <laughs> get, get some Mark Twain out of the lever. <laughs> I will say in this scene, something I thought was interesting was the fact that she comes in, she's like, oh my god, Charles, you got these powers. And then he kind of freaks out, and then he breaks her glasses. But she's not really concerned. She's like, why'd you do that? Yeah, she goes, oh well. So how does the world look through cracked glasses? Cracked. This is great. We can do scientific research and be famous. Because her sister, if I'm right on this, mm-hmm. her sister runs a scientific journal. Yeah. They can publish their findings. It's in the family. I promise I won't do this if you don't want to, so don't get mad, Okay. But please don't say no. It'll be great for both of us, I all swear. All right, all right. What is it? Okay. My sister knows someone at a research journal, and if we can continue our experiment, she can publish our findings. Hey, you know, that's a very good idea. Oh, I knew you'd feel this way, Barney. Isn't it exciting? Yeah. I'll talk to Peyton about it. Peyton? What for? Well, he's sort of got all these plans for us. You know, like selling the Ultra Grow, that sort of Figures. stuff. Figures. Another scientist sells out. My question, what findings? Because she thinks she can create all these little experiments uh, using his telekinesis, as she coins it. But I, I don't understand what they're actually going to put in a report. It's not going to be I, I, very... Yeah. What is their agenda with like, this? The thing is, they never try to recreate the experiment. They, he never tries to figure out what chemical he created yeah. to do this. He's like, yeah, I've got telekinetic powers now. What, what about it? <laughs> I think in a better script, uh, Buddy would want the powers, too. Yeah. I think he'd be like, really? hey, come on, man. We can be a tag team or something. Yeah. But that never happens. Ah, oh, the movie that could have been. <laughs> oh, well. That would have been more interesting, Bradley. They I, probably I, could have kept that story going as opposed yeah, to having could, to throw in all these random yeah. things. Because Buddy would have used it for the wrong reason. Yeah, they could have shown Buddy trying to recreate the formula and getting cancer instead. <laughs> first, getting, like, first, first getting funny rabbit ears and then getting cancer. Right, right, right. This is this is the moment in the film though where there are the two main, if you can even call it a plot, kind of are like the kernels of story start to develop. Because there are the two branches. It's werewolf trying to help Charles do the good thing, stay on the scientific path, riding his his train of glory, still riding his coattails. By the way, yeah. she does start using the word we, and then Buddy who decides to use it for other purposes. Because he's trying to get... You know what? I need to get laid, Charles. Help me help me seduce the popular chick that wears a lot of pink. And or help me make money. And there's a problem with the hot cheerleader because she already has a boyfriend. Uh-oh. Oh, she's got a big catch, though. Think about this. He's this a college guy, guy. College guy. Pre-law. Pre-law. And he, he, he thinks everyone else at high school, they're just kids. Yeah, baby also, stuff. He can get her really good things, like trips to Hawaii. Yes. He's in a, he's in a frat... That means he's, like, connected. Oh, yeah. She's really into material things. She's kind of a whore. Um, question, oh, yeah, no. um, guys, um, we're all college graduates. Oh, yeah. Did any of us have the money to take take a chick to Hawaii or anything like that? Oh, please. Wait, when the hell was, who had that? All the time. This guy's rich, too. Another plus. Because yeah. we all know the popular chick's just trying to go up the ladder socially. Yeah. But, I mean, 
I always thought it, I thought it was strange that such a guy who has so much going for him is dating a girl in high school. And actually yeah. hanging out with everyone, because no matter where she goes, he follows. So yeah, he's I mean, he's always downing it, like, this is baby stuff. He's, but at the yeah. same time, he's there, he's enjoying himself. He's, little, he's making he, bets he with the guys. College. He goes home at night and cries in the dorm. <laughs> so Buddy thinks if he can one-up pre-law college boy, that maybe he can get himself a little na-na-na-na-na-na in the cheerleader. Which so, ends up being one of the many subplots in this film. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you bring me that milk like I asked you to? Oh, I forgot it. Son, you've been damned irresponsible lately. You better explain yourself. Answer your father. What's the question? You don't eat. You go to sleep at 7.30. I had some work to finish at the lab. And then I went for a walk, that's all. Gee whiz, Mom, I said I'm sorry. I think maybe I'll get a burger. Now, just a minute. Starting tonight, you are grounded. You'll be in this house at supper time, and this is where you'll stay. Now go to your room. So Charles is grounded. He goes upstairs, Lame. which is fine for him because this is around his bedtime. Around seven o'clock is normally yeah. when he gets to bed because he's got an early morning. Yeah, he's gonna sleep in his little baby bed. You know, get some get some Z's. But today's different, man, because Charles is a whole new man. Right. He's got these powers that he's freaking out about. He doesn't understand them. He he's- can do anything with these powers, anything. But he's not completely sure he has them, or is he? That's something. It's a long time before you really know if he knows he has full control of this stuff or not. Very true. Now, when he does get control, he seems to use them effortlessly. Right. But this is the experiment. Also, I got a question. What are his powers exactly? Like, they throw out the word telekinetic, but it almost seems, especially in this scene, that he is almost a god. <laughs> right. Because, he, he, you know, it's, I guess it's a little boring to be, you know, just sitting around grounded in your room. So uh, you know he's he's got he's got a model ship which looks like a cross between the Millennium Falcon and the Star Trek Starship Enterprise. Yeah, it, well, it is. They it, look like yeah. they took two models from the '80s and just put them together yeah, to think, avoid copyright. Right, problems. it's quite ridiculous looking. Um, so what does he do? He has it like take off, like hover through the room, and he's just playing. And he's, I guess, he's playing um, God of the Universe <laughs> with his little ship, and he has it go through the aquarium. It phases through the glass, shrinks, yeah. <laughs> goes to the aquarium, and then comes out the other side, also phasing, and goes back to normal and size. And it's not wet when it comes out. Right. <laughs> and I think that kind point. of explains the cheese from earlier. Yes, it explains how the mouse got the cheese into the cage. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you think, wow, okay, he's just playing with his toy. But then he, like, he's, he, then he talks to it. Like, he's playing, like, oh, well, let's see what the captain has to say. And then we go inside the ship. And there are people inside. <laughs> Out of nowhere, he has created life inside of this starship. It's, it's great, and it's like it's like it's like the Nike Star Trek crew because instead of like the normal little Star Trek um, symbol thing on their shirts, it looks swoosh. like a nice Nike swoosh. Yeah, um, but they're clearly just Star Trek knockoffs, and they have really uh, bad hairdos and like really ill-fitting shirts, like very corny. But the fact he's, he's created people in his little spaceship. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alvy, they've got you on their main view scanner. And they're coming in for a closer look. Hmm, they seem to be afraid of you. I don't believe it, Captain. Nothing could swallow us whole. Spock, do we have a reading? Yes, Captain. Computer indicates we're about to be swallowed by a giant sheep dog. For God's sake, I hope he's been warned. <laughs> Oh, what God. the fuck? Ooh. And I think even Scott Bayo at this point, when you, like when you see him acting through this scene, it's almost like he's just pained because I think even he realizes how <laughs> this is. He's like, oh, and then the ship 
goes towards the dog. It's <laughs> yeah, dog bites the ship. Maybe, maybe all the people die. Um, because I guess maybe maybe their gravity got fucked. We don't know. We never see these little people in. <laughs> all we Sequel. see here is the the giant teeth of the dog go through the roof of the spaceship. And after that, it's done. And after that, we never see the magical Star Trek people again. I was really hoping. I mean, in my heart of hearts, they're still around there in that room. Right. These people are like, where did we come from? Why are we on the ship? They're getting a lot of questions. I mean, yeah. That's a whole other story, but... That's another movie, man. I know, I just... One of many bizarre scenes in this movie. There are a lot of weird scenes. But this, I mean, Charles is talking aloud and, you know, role-playing this thing and everything. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, got the attention of his mother, who hears him downstairs, like, who are you talking to? Barges into the room, right? Right. What's all the racket up here? Who are you talking to? Nobody. I I was just talking to myself. My God, what happened? Who's that in your bed? She's caught him. Yeah. He was planning an escape. He had put a, he'd put his uh, ventriloquism dummy in the bed so that he could sneak out the window. Because he wants a bed. Oh, but she's caught him. Who's that in the bed? Who's that? He uses his mind powers, lifts up the sheets, lifts up the ventriloquism dummy, and has it grab his mother's leg. What the fuck? Bitch deserved it. That's what I'm saying. Still, that is fucking creepy. He's yeah. a little dark in this I scene. would never sleep again. I mean, he is a witch. He's a witch. When you yeah. start terrorizing your loved ones just to get a burger, <laughs> then you kind of cross over. But that's yeah. what they get. I mean, he, right now he realizes, okay, I'm a god. I can make life. How are you going to ground me? Exactly. She runs downstairs, grabs a cross. She's freaking out. Why does he have to sneak out? Why didn't he just go downstairs and go through the front door? I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not grounded. Bye. <laughs> exactly. I'm the master of the universe. Goodbye. And then the mother runs over to the father. It's like a scene from Bree Witch. She's like, help me, help me. And he goes, have you taken your Valium? <laughs> and she goes, no. And he goes, well, that explains it. And he goes right back to bed. He's the worst, most inattentive she, father. She husband. holds on to her crucifix. Because obviously he's evil, right? Really, he's a witch. I would agree. Burn him. Just because she deserved it doesn't mean he's also a witch. He's turned to the dark side. Mm. <laughs> Jonathan, I don't know. Witch. So there's a big game. All right. The final game of the season. The big final baseball game. I mean, there's no hope for them. I mean, at this point, they are just trying to win a game. Right. And I'm going to say, this baseball game is more ridiculous than the Twilight baseball game. Yeah. Well, the Twilight baseball game had cool aspects of it because there were vampires. And they, they had could, you know, do cool stuff. It's from the 20s. I guess. I mean, they all had the ability to do it. Not so much just Charles, who was right. pulling strings behind. Him and Buddy. Buddy's got a scheme going. He's like, hey, look, Charles. I need you to make me look good during this game. All the cheerleaders are there. The whole school's there for all. <laughs> we'll just say that because there was a busy yeah. crowd. Last baseball there, the there, season. The Very mascot there. School. The penguin mascot is there. God, that was scary. Oh, it's a disturbing little image. Because it's basically, <laughs> it looks like either a kid or a midget in a costume. <laughs> yeah. It's but a tiny keeps, little penguin. He keeps feeling up the other cheerleaders like, hey there, lady. And they're like, oh, penguin. Oh, come, come on. The penguin's a penguin. He doesn't mean any harm. You, you can't. You can't. He's just being one of those penguins. You know how it is. Mm. Yeah, that's it's weird. But needless to say, this scene turns out to be kind of a an absent-minded professor flubber on the basketball shoes scenario where <laughs> I forgot really about insane that things are happening, but no one seems to notice. Just so long as they're winning, like, right. oh look, the baseballs flying around heads. Yeah, but who cares? We're winning. Hey, it happened. <laughs> Shit happens. You know, sometimes baseballs just stop in midair. Who knows? They stop, turn, and hit someone in the head. <laughs> so sure. they're getting there. They're, they may win the game. Oh, Charles is finally going to go up to bat. Finally. <laughs> Charles is the permanent bench warmer of this team. Again, I don't know why he's there. And the coach is really reluctant to put him in. They have to, they have to like, finagle it to where he even begins to think, all right, let's give this kid a chance. 
Which is weird. I mean, why wouldn't you let them play? I mean, they've lost every game. You think before this, you'd be like, you know what? Let's give that kid a chance. I think sure. the only we can't get any worse chance. than this. Oh, yeah. It's because they're so far ahead. I think that's he's like, uh, what, what can it? Well, they're not at this point. They almost are they ahead? Because I, so. I think the game score was like one to to like one or two yeah. at the most. They kept putting up zeros for the entire team. Must be the most boring baseball game of all. Time. Well, no, dude. With that ball flying around like that, this would probably be the most interesting baseball game. And from someone who that. went to a baseball game last night, <laughs> that was not very interesting to watch. And that baseball had colored lighting. Like very Santa true. So about creating light show. Yeah. Like, I, like how how would they how would they not like so far ahead? It didn't matter. Uh, the other team's got to be really good. <laughs> we know why, because that wasn't Buddy's plan. Because oh. Buddy did say, well, "Let's wait to the ninth inning, and then we'll do we'll do what we talked about, right?" Got to make Charles, it look right? Best friend. True. <laughs> but he, he finally gets to go up to bat, and the ball's coming at him, and he pretty much stops it in midair, in mid-air. and then like taps it and knocks it out of the fucking yeah. field. For a baseball term, he basically bunts it. He's holding the bat like halfway up, <laughs> just kind of standing there, is like bam, and then it just records off. And the funny thing is, Bernadette's watching this the entire time, and she's kind of a hypocrite. Because a lot of the time she'll say, oh, come on, Charles, why are you using your powers for selfish reasons? But during the baseball game, she's like, yeah, we're winning! You're being a hypocrite, Bernadette Wolfman. Oh, yeah, well, she also wants to use Charles, too, for it's her actually, own. Well, later. <laughs> well, right, well for right now, she just wants to get in that journal. But there's a little part of it that's maybe like, mm-hmm. I will say this. Other things that are cool to note about the baseball game, besides the penguin, which was hilarious. Right. Midget pervert. <laughs> I also love how people wore their hats in the 80s. Just yeah. a baseball cap, just right on top of your head. Not like fitted. So it's basically inches off your head. Right. It, yeah. Like it, like it really rides it was on the top. Weird. Yeah. It's a weird top hat. Scott Bayer has like really thick hair, I think. And I, I think that's the reason why his hat is almost exploding off. Well, what about what about that one guy from the other team? Yeah. The, other, oh, the, yeah. the big guy who's like the heavy hitter. Yeah, they make who, a big who deal run, right? <laughs> he had that sort of inverted spine, and he was kind of running like that. That's because monkey. Charles snapped his vertebrae. <laughs> I'll take care of that. Bam! <laughs> the hat's that's just weird. And yeah, again, so many things. I do. There was one point. <laughs> the sexual innuendo in this is just nuts. I have not. Did you Did you guys notice the part where you know Buddy's like a star pitcher because obviously Charles was helping him. There's a point where he's up at the fence, and the cheerleaders are, like, like talking to him through the fence. And he's, like, got a baseball bat, and it's suspiciously close to his crotch. And they're all like, ah, buddy. And then it cuts immediately over to uh, the college uh, hot throb boyfriend, who, stand, who just suddenly stands up. And he looks over like, no. <laughs> Disapprovingly. And then it just goes, like, that takes place in two seconds. But those little added things just make, make it more insane and just hilarious. Well, buddy's got a lot of object-centered phallic jokes going on because he's got that but then also earlier he had the camera next to his crotch and it God. looked open like ridiculous boing. ridiculous he's, he's a he's a card he's, 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 a, he's a rascal hey you know he's just having fun he's a kid he's living his life I do think that <laughs> some of these movies I mean they are kids so of course they would do silly ridiculous sure. things like this even though all the actors are over the age of 24 Oh yeah, sure. They're not. I mean, school. yeah, we make that disconnect, but whatever. They've got full beards and mustaches, but <laughs> so yeah, nice baseball one. game's a hit. They end up winning. And another scene that I really like is a moment between the baseball coach and Charles, where he's like, "You know what? I never know you could do that. We could have been winning this whole time. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> if I know that when you go up to bat, the baseball literally stops in midair, and you could just tap it. Right. That is so funny. But he seems so happy. He's like, "You know what? Shame on me." You know, my bad. I love... Coach is my favorite character. He is awesome. 
He's my absolute fave. The ball game's over. I, there's a point after it where there's some kind of uh, stuff, right? Yeah, but he thinks he's going to impress the hot cheerleader, but... Well, I was going to talk about, like, immediately after that, yeah. a scene where we start seeing some of the darker sides, perhaps, of the uh, Scott Bale character, Charles. Yeah, so uh, so so Charles is, is, is walking on his way home. Um, car pulls up. Oh, no, it's some of the guys from the other team mm. and their girls. What's he going to do? Hey, that's the jerk that made us lose. Yeah, you little weasel. <laughs> They're yelling at him. They're going to beat him up. You made us lose. <laughs> I love that they stop and look at him and say, "Hey, that's a guy at the baseball game. <laughs> Let's get him." So what is Charles? So they moon. So they moon Charles. How embarrassing! He's being mooned. How embarrassing for him! Oh, how horrible! He's being mooned. He's so what does he do? He uses mind powers to lift them up out of the car, float them around. Um, they're, they're girls that are with him. He just opens their tops. Yeah, bam. Yeah. He does Bam. that a lot. <laughs> There's some breasts. Bravo, movie. Bravo. They're exposed like, oh my god. And he just basically spins a guy in the air then put them on like a tree branch or something. Yeah. People at the park are just looking at it like, okay, whatever. They don't They don't seem to be amazed by this happening. They're just like, hmm. They're like, oh, it's slightly odd at best. Imagine I'm eating that. watermelon, so I don't really it care. It was weird. It was very bizarre. It but was yeah. weird. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he does this though. Which again, maybe up. kind of a more darker thing. He's using his powers. Evil. Not yeah, not evil just evil. to help his friends, but more of just like you know what, fuck you. We'll see even more passive aggressive examples of that yeah, later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, pre-law boyfriend challenges Buddy to a new challenge because he's not impressed by this baseball kid stuff. Because in college, <laughs> baseball is much more competitive, much more challenging. So he says, "What? What did they basically say? Like we'll meet at Magic Land." Good game, huh? Typical high school stuff, though. You would have been eaten alive in college, bro. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you'd know about that, wouldn't you? Are you going to the senior day? To Magic Land? That kid stuff's a little bush for me. Oh, yeah. Well, they do have the scariest roller coaster in the world. Of course, uh, I wrote it standing up last time. You would. <laughs> We're going to go to Magic Land. <laughs> they're going to go to a theme park because that's, that's where you prove you're a man. <laughs> I think the seniors park. are going anyway, so they're like, we're going to meet there. There's a big senior trip where they're going to the amusement park, and right. apparently you're allowed to bring guests. <laughs> Who are not studying their pre-law yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one studies in this movie. Mm-mm. No. No one's going to school. They're just hanging out. That's what, that's what school should be about. Right. That's what the kids in the audience want it to be like. Just booze and theme parks. Yeah, that's all you need. Uh, so, of course, Buddy uses Charles's power to humiliate Pre-Law Boy at all the carnival games, mm. uh, which, of course, is a exciting montage. Oh, God. There are Again, some interesting montages in this. Yeah, why is, Char- why is Charles helping Buddy get the chick that he wanted? <laughs> like, that's he's, so sad. He's a friend. Like, he could, so, he could get that chick for himself. But he doesn't... He's, he's content. Well, I mean, he, again, he does he's have an issue. knowing his friend is a complete douchebag. It's like, well, that's dedication. At this point, he and Bernadette have been hanging out for a while. They've been doing some experiments. Scritching and scratching. Scritching and scratching. <laughs> God. He's and he, he's reluctant, but you can tell by this point in the movie that maybe they're getting, they're hanging out a lot. Maybe there's something more. She's taking off her glasses a lot, which is not a good idea. <laughs> but it's, that's her sign of, thank you. I'm going to take off my glasses. <laughs> take a look at my tarantula brow. Brow. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny though because after they do a lot of carnival games, that still doesn't pacify the uh, the college kids. Like, you know what? No, no. no. Well, let's take this up another level. I'm getting a little tired of this kid stuff. What kind of man are you, anyways, big? Why? I'm a man's man, Robert. What do you have in mind? 
Okay, that's a 12-pack each. Can we go now, you guys? Sure thing. Let's go. So basically go to the parking lot and drink a 12-pack of beer each. Each. And then they're going to ride a ride that's really uh, like one of those teacup rides. And whoever throws up first is a loser. And you can tell the girl is not. She doesn't care. She's like, right. guys, you're drinking beer and getting on the barrel ride. I don't care. You know, this guys. is the point where you think maybe, maybe maybe there's some more depth to this girl. You know, maybe maybe she doesn't like all this, these these guys making fools of themselves for. You know, I was thinking, wow, you know, maybe maybe she's gonna choose either one of them and end up with Charles in the end. No, she's just mad at that point because she ain't getting any stuff. Obviously, obviously. I, I will say this, Amat, just real quick about her. The way she delivered some of the lines, it made her interesting as a character. Yeah. Because there were moments where he's like, guys, you both have drunk 12 beers apiece already. Can You're we just stop this? Me. Can we just stop this? Just a serious voice was just, really? Okay. Yeah. Ready, buddy? Ready, Freddy. Don't you call me that. You call me that again and I'll kill you. Freddy is Robert's disowned older brother. He went away on big game safari to Africa and married a little pygmy girl. So how does Buddy win the barrel challenge? Oh, God. Of course, Charles is to the rescue. He makes that teacup extra fast. Guy goes throws up. So uh, Buddy's won the the feats of strength, I guess. I guess. (laughs) Bravo, Willie Ames. Bravo. (laughs) His story is all our story. Um, God, he also won 100 bucks, too. Let's not forget that. Yeah, he did win $100. Which is a gentleman. Nice. Well, this is where uh, this is where Charles and Buddy prove himself to be manly men um, by getting into a fight. Right. Oh yes, and I almost Char- forgot. Of course, Charles uses his powers to completely, you know, you know, fling the guys around without you know anything. They As one of the guys punch human. himself in the face. So uh, well, once, again, once again, Bernadette's like, "Oh, you!" And the girls are like, "Oh, yay! You beat up some people for us." <laughs> We will like you for the next five minutes. Oh, You've earned five minutes. This is such like. a positive portrayal of women in this film. God. I, I, something else I like about that scene that's just awesome is that Charles tries to reenact. What is that scene from Taxi? Is that the movie? Oh, yeah. Where it's like, are you, you talking, talking to, to me? me? You talking to me? Yeah, pal. He's talking to you. Are you talking to me? He already said he was Barney. Well, you must be talking to me. I'm the only one here. Where am I, Barney? Oh, I, I love it because when he starts saying that to these people, reenacting this fantasy, I guess he has of being in power in this cheerleader, pink chick shirt. It's like, of course he's talking to you. Who else is he talking to? Just call him out on it. Doesn't doesn't Buddy also yeah. call him out on it? Yeah, like, it's like, dude, I guess what are you doing? Around here, so I guess you're talking to me. What really? We're in a crowded place. There's lots of people you can be talking to. And with the kids watching the movie, would they have even gotten that reference? Of course not. Because that's a pretty yeah. I don't know about that. That's, that was a little <laughs> joke for themselves. That didn't really work out too well. Yeah, buddy. that was awkward. Oh, yeah. So he, they're victorious against these bullies. Right. Now, a question I have for you guys. Those bullies, they appear later in the film. Are they from, like, the other rival high school? Or were they in the frat or fraternity that college kid was in, too? Yeah, I think Because they do the show up later with, like, prom. a shirt on that's brown, branded. They seem to be, like, the flunkies of pre-law boy. Because they help him out at the prom. But yet, where were they earlier? I don't know. At the amusement park. I don't. I just thought that was weird, like, yeah. who these characters are supposed to be. I, I thought that, they, again, they were from a rival school. They just, went to, they just went to hang out at the amusement park, you know? They wanted to get a funnel cake. Yeah. You know, have some fun. <laughs> Ride some rides, have a funnel cake. I also think that once pre-law ran off to vomit, they were like, yes, now's our chance to move in. But it didn't work for them. So oh, the no. next time we see them at the prom, they're the Farkies again. They, they know their place. At the high school prom? At the high school, yeah. <laughs> hey, our pre-law friend is going to this prom. We might as well go, too. I'd like... I think College Kid needs a reality check. Yeah. 
<laughs> he is really older in this film. <laughs> and he is an ugly person. There's a he's, lot of ugly going on in this movie, but he's, he's pre-law community college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to be small claims lawyer, like $500 <laughs> yeah. to $1,000. I'm interested in being a paralegal. Um, I, University of Phoenix, I think, can uh, do something for me. Your problem is far too large, and I have a, pro- a problem to go to, so. Yeah. yeah. So they have their victorious conquest at Magical. Yeah. And Buddy decides to take Pretty Pretty Cheerleader back to his house. His bachelor pad. Yeah, it doesn't seem yeah. like she would go with him, but she does. Technically, I guess she she's the winner. She yeah. wants attention. Oh, yeah. Because that's the way women are? Hmm? Oh, of course. And in Buddy's room, there's a lot of really quirky rascal things. Oh, there are so many red flags for her to leave immediately that <laughs> yeah. it's scary. A pencil sharpener where you put the pencil inside a woman's vagina, basically. Mm. Yeah. An entire chest of condoms. Yeah. A whole dartboard. Has a dispenser of Open rupees, stairs. I think. A private bar and a camera aimed at a couch that he hits. <laughs> the timer on. How do you not notice this? Then again, it is attention, so... Yeah. I guess she figures, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? What, well, hey, who cares? So, uh, yeah, he, get, he gets her onto the couch. You know, she's like, hey, look, I have a boyfriend. Nothing can happen with us. And he plays it off. He's like, yeah, yeah, I understand that, you know? That's cool, you know? I'm just, you know... I guess I've been under a lot of stress since I've been trying to choose between, you know, Yale and Harvard. Bing. And immediately she's like, oh, really? Because, Very gullible as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's also playing classical music, right. which means he's mature and smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's no, not he's a kid. Because what's more romantic than uh, flunky classical piano? Yeah, it was like, I mean, it was like what? It was like Shostakovich or something. It was not pleasant. Not romantic. More at chaotic. All. I also find that. I mean, let's be realistic. No, no high schooler. Let's say seventeen or eighteen. If you put on classical music, they're gonna think, "What the fuck are you putting on classical music for?" They're on some Madonna. Something. Put something on. It's the 80s for crying out loud. I don't Seriously. listen to this stuff. Are you Even if they were trying to be mature, no. No kid Where's the Lionel Richie? Music. Where's Dan? <laughs> I want to get my group It's on. 82, man. <laughs> How is this going to seduce this girl? But it does. It works. Somehow. It's the material things that seduce her. Right. Oh, yeah. Because she also hears a lot about, I think he talks about his salary, like he's going to get this big salary or something. Oh. He's going to make a lot of money. And she's like, oh, well. And she starts drinking. At first, she wasn't going to drink. No, 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 no. Now, wait, what? Oh, of course I'll start. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. My boyfriend, he's going to take me to Hawaii later. It doesn't matter. So they turn off the lights, and there's a flash. What was that? What was what? That flash. Something flashed. Uh, it must have been in your mind. I guess that means something. <laughs> and she yeah. goes, what's that? And he's like, shh. What do you do that camera that's like right directly in front of us that you were messing with a few minutes ago, would it? No. He says, no. it's in your mind, but maybe that's a good thing. And she goes... Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> there was a flash. fade to black. <laughs> oh. uh, to, to be concluded later in the film. Good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> Fine work, sir. Hey, Fine J. work. J. Yeah. That was just gross and um, And at the same time, Charles and Bernadette the werewolf are uh, having a little chat. Having a little chat at the diner. Mm-hmm. She's scarfing down tenderloin. Blood's going everywhere. And, you know, <laughs> they're eating hot dogs. She's hoping, she's hoping it's not a full moon. <laughs> and they're they're just relating stories, the stories sorry, from the past. Right. Uh, crushes is the topic. Yeah, because when you're in high school, you often reminisce about your fifth grade crush, <laughs> the three that you had every year. Cause after that, yeah. Didn't she used to have like a crush on Buddy? Is that what she admits? Yeah, but she t- she says don't tell anyone. Don't tell that anyone. Buddy's a rascal, and he might try to. <laughs> Who would? 
these people are such losers. Yeah. Don't tell anyone this, Charles. But when I was in fifth grade, the first crush I had was your friend Buddy. I didn't tell anybody. I'm telling you now, even though we're about to graduate high school. And what's Lame. What's, what's Buddy's crush story that he, he sheepishly he reveals? He won't, he won't tell. Oh, come on. Well, all right. God, this, this, he, is, this he, is why he hasn't acted. This is why he's letting Buddy get all the girls, right? Well, I... I did have a crush on Pamela Browning in the sixth grade. Well, did you tell her? What happened? Well, she got pregnant. And they sent her away. No. No. Oh. Well, you just have to be careful, that's all. Yeah. So. Banished. And Bernadette kind of goes, Charles? And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. Not me. I just had a crush on her. (laughs) But that has scarred him for life. Yeah. So this was maybe the mid early seventies. I think he impregnated her with his zap powers, <laughs> which he's had them all along. He's always had it. Was just that that drink was the catalyst. He fell down and hit his head. Is what happened. Yeah, with that and he explosion. figured I might as well blame it on that. Yeah, well, I'm impregnating her with my mind. I will say after that, it's pretty funny because they're like, "All right, so what do you want to do, Charles?" He's like, "I don't know." What does he say? Something like, we go to a movie, hang out, or we could just make out or whatever. No, he says, mess around. Mess around. And she kind of furtively <laughs> says, specific, all right. Let's mess around. Mess around. I, I'd be down with messing around. Cue montage. Bam. Cue love oh, montage. He's terrorizing a man with an airplane. She's laughing. <laughs> They're kind falling of also in saying, love. No, stop. Stop. Oh, but keep going. Terrorizing with a plane. Stop. Yeah. It is just a montage of them going out on more dates. In the wow. park. I love their outfits in this movie. There, there are some amazing montages in this film with some amazing mm-hmm. music. The, the music is the, probably the best thing in this. Yeah. Personally, I love it. And in this one, Charles is wearing cut-off oh, yeah. shorts. At the park. Huge socks that come up to his knees. And she's wearing some sort of pink chiffon nightmare. She's not <laughs> good. And he tries to force a kiss on her, and she's like, no, stop it. And then she forces a kiss on him. Right. Oh, it's funny. She's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. She's got to be in control. There's a lot of, like, male aggression in this thing towards yeah. women. Was that accepted in the 80s? Yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, you like a chick? Just try to kiss her. This you like a chick? House. Try to rape her, apparently. And <laughs> if, if she says no, then stop. But if she doesn't say no... Well, that's interesting, because this leads to um, him taking a small... His small apparently, his, like, three-foot bed. <laughs> <Kitty> bed. <laughs> he takes, like, a little cot. I think it was his bed from home. And he, he takes it to his lap. <laughs> he, sets, he sets it up. He sets it up on the counter, and, all with his mind powers, all right, with his all, magic, all, all with his all with his magical powers, and then they get up on the counter, and uh, she takes off his shirt. Right. But then when he tries to put a hand up her shirt, she goes no, and then he goes, <laughs> <laughs> and he magic he mag- he apparently magics her shirt off, and which she finds funny. It. Yeah, this is yeah. all like a game of cat and mouse for her, I guess. We, do, we, we see her, we see her mouth the word no at one point. Yes. <laughs> it's this crazy 80s mentality of, no, they don't really mean it. They want to. But you just gotta, come on, play the game. You just gotta rape them a little bit, okay? Zap them. Zap them until they say yes. Use your mind powers to rape them a little bit. Horrifying. It's every nerd's fantasy, having sex in the science lab. I was scared of her, to be honest. Against a werewolf's will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a werewolf. I don't know. I've got zap powers. Rock beats paper. I will say after they have a moment, because they, they do have sex, or at least we're led to believe they do. 
I love the scene after that where they're just laying down and she's smoking a cigarette apparently <laughs> and smoke comes out of his nose. It's just like so wow. and then they just laugh. Wow. Like, ha, 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 we just had sex. <laughs> <laughs> I just raped you. <laughs> I didn't really want to do it, but <laughs> I did it. Oh, yikes! Wow. There were other parts of that montage I can't remember, but I knew it was awesome. I just kept just listening to the amazing. music. Was that the magic song? Like yes, something, yeah. something magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's about falling in love, baby. <laughs> Even oh. though they're just more dorky than in love. Just, I, I mean, yeah, they have sex, but it seems more awkward than anything. Well, they have sex in a chemistry lab. On a baby bed. It's his private lab. Let's not be... Yeah. Well, he can't go back home for reasons, well, obviously. <laughs> uh, so the principal, who is very interested in Charles's orchid experiment, wants to get an update on the orchids. The problem is he can't use his principal key to get in. That's because Charles has the only key. Well, of course, it's his lab. Why Get should out. anyone else in the school have a key to Charles's special lab? No principles allowed. Lord Dexter, do you have your passkey on you? Sure I do, Mr. C. What do you need? My key doesn't seem to work in this lock. We all seem to have that same problem sometimes, another, don't we? You see, now this door has a special lock, and Barney's got the key. Maximum security for them flowers. Uh, thank you, Dexter. Speak to Barney about this. How is Barney's experiment coming along? That's what I can't seem to find out. Everything is so secretive. I want to see what's in there. So his one of the principal's assistants decides to go rogue and find out what's happening. And she sneaks into an open window, decides not to unlock the door from the inside, but instead goes right for the orchids. And what does she find behind the orchids? Oh. It's Buddy's marijuana stash. Oh. Oh. All the interests are colliding. It's not a good situation. This this could be the catalyst for all sorts of problems in this movie. A drug war. Right. I mean, just think about it. Then, like, you know, Charles and Buddy are on the run from the principal who's found out about them. He's going to destroy, you know, Charles's chances of getting to college. Clearly, that's, that's what's going to happen, right? Now we have conflict. So the secretary climbs through the window again, <laughs> runs to the principal, and... Excuse me, sir, but I just learned something so shocking. Oh, I can't stand to see them make a fool of you, sir. What is it, Miss Bernhardt? Barney's lab. It's... It's what? It's, uh... Come with me, sir. I hope this is important, Miss Bernhardt. They both climb through the window. <laughs> and the door's never unlocked. Never right. unlocked. And when they pull the orchids back, the marijuana's gone. And the hope for conflict is lost. Oh, and there's no conflict at all. There's another situation where a man looks at a woman and goes, Oh, you, you're crazy. And the woman is just at a loss for words. Right. The principal doesn't think, maybe I should trust her. Maybe someone did take it. Nope, it was there, never there to begin with. Well, Jonathan, clearly she just missed her dose of Valium for that. Evening. Yeah, obviously. Women need to take their Valium. Women, you can't trust women. They have flights of fancy. <laughs> obviously. Clearly. So where did where did the marijuana go? I, I don't know. But I do know that the principal goes back through the window as opposed to opening the door and going out. We have to respect his privacy. If we leave Look, the door unlocked, he'll know I can't believe here. they never they, did that. They don't want Charles to find out they went into a secret laboratory on school grounds. Oh, I didn't even think about they that. They don't want him to know. How, <laughs> how awful would that be? We took the time and spent millions of dollars designing his own lab. We might as well not make him angry. <laughs> you think that they think that he's just doing experiments on orchids? You think he's doing this side stuff for the swim team with the mice? 
I, I, I think they understand he's just a catch-all student. Right. Hey, kids, you want something done? Talk to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, then we find out what's happened to the marijuana. Charles and the werewolf have taken it, and they're going to burn it up in, in the uh, incinerator in the basement. Ah, the perfect plan. Perfect. Buddy won't be happy about it, but they got to get rid of the evidence. Hey, you know, Who shows that's... up? Oh, it's baseball coach. The wacky baseball coach. <laughs> what are you kids doing in here? Oh, there's also a wacky moment where he hears him through the door, and she's saying something like, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's too big. It doesn't fit. We don't have all day, Barney. Faster. Oh, thank goodness. Barney! Thanks! What are you doing here? Oh, uh, nothing. I, I just thought I'd... You got yourself a good catch here. Barney's gonna be a famous scientist someday. Oh, well, thanks, Dex. We'll see you later. Bye. Next time, take us up, please. And so, of course, he thinks they're having obviously sweaty oh, yeah. teen sex in the incinerator room. Which lights his face up. Mm-hmm. He's happy, he's happy for him, these wacky kids. But he advises, sex. but he advises, take her somewhere respectable. <laughs> Don't take her to the filthy, that's where I have sex. <laughs> take her somewhere nice. Right. You kids shouldn't be here. So then he's, he's checking on it, oh, and then, oh, the coach gets a face full of smoke. Oh, yeah. Well, just to paint the picture, they do incinerate all the stuff in the incinerator, but he's curious, so he opens it, and then the smoke bellows into his face. He gets a face full Like a huge amount. Smog. And this is not just normal marijuana. This is super-growed marijuana. Yeah. This, this is, is the super... same substance that almost, well, it was mixed with other things, but this, with this, more this marijuana, powers. This, this marijuana has been zapped. Oh. <laughs> it's been zapped. <laughs> there you go. It's going to mess your so shit up. It, so then we go into fantasy world for some reason, <laughs> and... Here's the coach, and here's Albert Einstein. <laughs> because, of course, you know, the coach and Einstein, buddies, um, they have a little talk. They do some bicycling. Albert Albert advises not to eat so many chili dogs and salami. <laughs> but that's what makes me happy. You know what makes me happy? Cycling. Bicycling. That's my favorite transition in this entire film. <laughs> There's, like, this door that opens. It's, like, some very strange Beetlejuice image. And there's some bikes. It's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh yes, I love it. It was amazing. I love, I love out riding a bike with Albert Einstein. Barney is working with me now, Dex. Mister Einstein, I'm feeling strange. Someone's putting some shit on my mind. Sounds like too many chili dogs, Dex. Have to learn to relax. Chili dogs are what I need to relax. Salami too. But my lady won't let me have. I ride a bike to relax, Dex. Can you ride? You see, Dex, it is not so hard, is it? No, it ain't so bad after all. Dex! Dex the dog! Oh, make it step stuff. Here comes the devil and the four black stallions after my ass. I found, I found. You can't have nothing for me, Dexter Jones. You ugly spasm. Who is that, Dex? That's my wife. Found out why I hid the salami in the garage. You must be making cocks, Dex. You ain't shitting, Mr. Einstein. Never teach you. But then the baseball coach's wife shows up. She's dressed as a Viking, and she has a rocket launcher that shoots mm. cartoon salami slices. Apparently, I, I've heard that drug trips can go from, 
you know, nice to kind of a bad trip. Mm-hmm. I think this is what we have here. And I know it's yeah. a face full of pot smog, but this seems like a really insane hallucination. It's zapped. <laughs> zapped pot. Zapped. Zapped pot makes you bicycle with Albert Einstein on a bicycle built for two. It's zapped. What do you mean? This was this was a really awesome part in this film. I really, yeah, this I was really. awesome. As weird as it is, as weird as the Star Trek scene, basically, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. And you think there would be? I kept thinking, okay, rule of three is going to apply here. We got a beginning fantasy, we got a middle fantasy. Maybe something weird will happen towards the end. Unfortunately, we never get that. Apparently, they couldn't See, think of another idea. I just wanted Einstein to come back one more time. <laughs> I will say, I think maybe we were looking for the wrong thing. We were looking for another outlandish fantasy. I think they were just like homages to other things, right? I'm not sure what the the trip was an homage to, but the Star Trek thing was an homage to Star Trek. And there's one later in the film. So, Charles and, Charles and his werewolf love are out riding their bicycles around, having a good time. Sadly, Albert Einstein's not with them. Um, he could if he would. They, you know, they decide, they decide to stop at a place, you know, gra- grab a bite to eat or something. And then there comes Buddy. He's he's got a brilliant plan. Sure, he made a hundred dollars off of the college guy at know, Magic Land. At Magic Land, using Charles's help. But he can make even more if he goes to their roulette night at the frat house. Oh, because he's been challenged. He's been challenged. That college guy chose him yet again. He's obsessed. <laughs> he's gonna try to make his money back. I'm gonna get this 17 year old, even though I'm bordering 22. And, but, yeah, and Buddy realizes, hey, we can make tons of money here. I mean, just use your magic powers. We're a gambling machine. And at first, Charles thinks, oh, but I've got a date with... Oh, I, I can't do this. <laughs> so there's this funny shot of... That classic shot of them going inside the building, and we don't hear the dialogue, but we can tell she's upset. She throws her record down. She barges out. She gets on her bike. Apparently apparently, using mind powers is only cool when it's for her amusement. Of mm. course. So She's uh, a fucking hypocrite. Well, she's, she's a woman, clearly. And <laughs> oh! as we've seen in this movie... Women, um, are women, women are arbitrary hypocrites, and they only care about themselves. And now she doesn't want to go to prom with him, right? Because he's breaking that date for that night. So why not? Why not have no dates oh, at all? But the prom's the next night. She tries to ride away on her bike. He zaps the bike so she can't ride away, which is another dark Ooh. moment. Let me go, Bonnie. I'll call you later, okay? Giant red flag. This relationship is going to be frightening. And even if she got off the bike and tried to walk away, he could stop her. <laughs> Yeah. He could rip her apart limb from limb. <laughs> Understand that. Brother. And they would never, never find the body. <laughs> but she does say, stop it. And he listens this time. Yeah, this time. Yikes. She, she rides a, off. It's a slippery slope, Mr. Charles. <laughs> he has already raped her. Uh, yeah, stop it. Well, we, no. can, we, can, we can speculate he may have raped he her. Raped her. Well, yeah, given this scene, that's what we imagine. Yeah, clearly. So it's the night of the big roulette game. Woo! You know, Buddy's there, Char- Charles is, you know, he's there, Reluctant. support his friend, he doesn't really want to be there, clearly. Um, this is a pretty happening frat, you know? They got a pinball oh, yeah. machine. Pinball machine, roulette, roulette table, and, a, and that's pretty classy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the gambling's going, they're making some money. They, the thing is, why, I never understand in these kind of movies, why do they just keep winning? Why don't they, why don't, why don't they you know, lose every once in a while, make it look good? Well, they had some confusion at the beginning because they didn't win. Even because with Charles's powers, remember? Mm. They had that thing rigged to where if it got close to it, they could hit it and the ball would bounce back up. And Which I would think else. that would be pretty obvious to spot, too. Like, the wheel is clearly coming to a stop, but then the ball just pops to the other side. Right. You think I'm not sure how that really worked with Nobody's the Nobody's really noticing anything in this movie. Right. Which I, I love that Charles has to really strongly use his mind powers to overcome the machinery. 
Oh, it's so much harder now that they've got some... Really? I met my nemesis. <laughs> really? Is modern technology that much harder a variable for you, Charles? And then arbitrarily, Charles just decides, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Because he realizes that maybe Buddy's just getting a little too right. they, At this point, yeah, they've, went, they've, they've racked up tons of cash. Um, <laughs> but then they laugh, and Buddy's like, okay, just one more, just one more. Um, so Charles gets pissed off. He just... He, 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 he levitates the, the, the whole roulette wheel, breaks the table, everyone's freaked out, they realize it's, it's rigged, what's going on? They don't blame Buddy, yeah. who's got tons of money, and clearly if someone's cheating, they're cheating in his favor. Well, and Buddy rationalizes the levitation with, it was rigged! And everyone goes, <laughs> yeah, it was rigged, that's why it levitated. Punch, yeah. punch. No one puts two and two together. And realizes, wait, it's, you seem to be winning. If it's rigged, then clearly you're involved with the rigging. And one of the guys who's really mad, I should point out, who's just really mad about the rigging, is the guy who played Eugene from Greece. He apparently <laughs> made a career in the 80s of just playing the really high-pitched voice to nerd. They'll kill us when they find out what we've done. We're gonna have to give up our concubine maid. Uh, what are you worried about, Larry? You beat off every night anyway. And for some reason, they really focus on him. They give him, like, Big star. six lines. Big star. Big star. Big star. Not as big as Scott Bayo, but or Willie sure. Ames, but he's bigger than Scott Bayo and Willie Ames. Name two people right now bigger than Scott Bayo and Willie Ames. Nobody. No. No. I had a blank out. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. So the frat is in a huge fight, and and they they sneak sneak off. Buddy and Charles. Tra- Charles goes back to his lab because apparently he doesn't want to go home. It's his second home, right? You know, he's got a key. He can get it any time of night. And he remembers the advice that the baseball coach gave him. <laughs> First come the women, then come the whiskey. So he gets drunk. So he gets really drunk, falls asleep in the lab. Where? Next, the next, mo- next morning. Stumbles outside. Next morning he stumbles outside. And um, werewolf stumbles. I, I, I really thought that she was stumbling out of like the like the uh, um, yearbook room. Because she looks like she's just woken up as well. <laughs> yeah, she looks. <laughs> Brad, she, looks, she always looks like she might. But she looks super up. rough. Yeah, right in here. this scene it's worse than ever. It's like, damn, what happened? There's 19 close-ups of her face yeah, as they're reconciling. Like, circles under her eyes. She looks rough, but apparently not. Um, so she's like, hey, well, it's all right. I'll forgive you. Blah, blah, blah. Let's go to the prom. Let's go to the prom. I, I, I signed up to chaperone or something. I'm on the prom committee, so, um, you know, we'll, I'll meet you there. So great. Okay, Charles has got his date back. Now, wonderful. He's, he's going to be with his girl. He's got to go home and get ready, of course. Oh, yeah. There's a problem. What could be wrong now, Brad? Well, you know, his mother, um, concerned that her son's a witch. Or a demon. Or a demon, has called in a young priest and an old priest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a very topical reference to another popular film at the time. Yeah. That young kids probably would not have seen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're trying to perform an exorcism. They try to force sedatives down his throat. And they, they do at first, and I thought this was going to be a real social conflict. Like, he was going to miss the prom, Burnett was going to be fucking pissed at him. You know, that could actually have some ramifications. Barney, Father Gallagher and Father Murray would like to speak with you. Oh, not now, Mom. We're going to the prom. Shall we begin the exorcism? What are you talking about? What exorcism? Let me go, Father. The tranquilizers. I gotta go to the prom. Ma, help me, please. I'm gonna throw up. That's one of the devil's favorite lines. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison. No, he just zaps it out by vomiting. Projectile vomit. He, he zaps. He zap projectile vomits. But neatly into the sink, to where there's no real right. mess. Which another another awesome reason we should all have zap power. Mm-hmm. You know how useful that would be. You can purge yourself, but in a very 
an efficient way. You know, you have a wild night of drinking. Um, you're fine. You know, just, just you know, cleanly projectile vomit. <laughs> no mess. And then how does he? How does he wrap up? How does he get out of the house? How does he get out? With the help of his ventriloquism dummy again. Oh yeah. Which he, he goes upstairs, and he brings down to scare them to hide behind a couch. Meanwhile, Dad's asleep on the couch. Of course. Oh, yeah. He doesn't see any of it. Obviously. You think that they gave him sedatives so that he wouldn't <laughs> be a problem? Yeah, he's, he's borderline. Well, I think that Dad's an alcoholic because we see him, like, pouring alcohol into juices and things. So oh, I think yeah. he's just in a 24-hour coma. Of course. Leave well, me alone, dear. I would, too, if I was married bitch. to that woman. Yeah, seriously. Oh, she is hideous. Yeah. She's a <laughs> Disappointing son. Mm. Our disappointing rapist son. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he freaks them out with the, with the eventual cousin dummy. Um, gives him enough time to get out the door. He gets to the prom. Got his tuxedo shirt with no undershirt, which is weird. And the bright red bow tie. The 80s were not good for... Um, the 80s. Ah. Scott Bayo. What he wants. Fire engine bow tie. I'm ready for prom. There are a lot of bright colors, because the cheerleader wears like bright pink a lot. That's like her trademark color. Yeah, and she also has a lot of low pet tops. <laughs> Because she's a celebrity cheerleader. Indeed. But everybody's there. Everybody's at the prom. The, the class of 700. This is yeah. like, this is a damn large prom. Yeah, it is. I was thinking, like, was the whole school invited? And it's just for the seniors? Kind of as their special event? But, I mean, everyone's supposed to be there. Because there were tons of people there. Yeah. yeah. And this I don't was... think that a school that, again, only has a baseball team, a swim team, and the, the resident scientist is going to have that many students. <laughs> I feel like this was 20 times larger than our prom. Oh, dude, easily. But our prom was nothing. Nothing. Maybe this to... was the school where if you couldn't go to any of the other schools, they just crammed everyone into this one. Like, okay, you can't go here. We'll just put 700 kids in school. <laughs> right. We'll give a baseball team a swim team and a prom. <laughs> Good. <laughs> nice. They're going to love it. A werewolf being uh, president of, of, you know, the, of that class, um, she gets to announce who the big prom king and queen are. Da, 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 da. Who do you think it's going to be? Who do you think it's going to oh, be? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Who did you vote for? <sighs> I, I, I voted for Charles. Of course, Charles. I mean, come on. He's the star of the movie, right? Yeah, well, that's debatable. Oh. I, did, I didn't vote for Charles. I voted for the midget and the penguins. <laughs> mm, good choice. Well good done, choice. Jonathan. I liked well his done. outward perversion. At least he was being honest. Nice. <laughs> but who ends up winning this? We're both wrong. In uh, fact, it's Buddy and the slutty cheerleader. Da, 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 da. So right. you're thinking, wow, maybe they're finally gonna have a love connection, and you know, and then it's gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna be happy together. Finally. We'll get some, you know, some closure out of this. They'll have a sweet dance because the king and queen of the prom lead the dance. Yeah. They do uh, have a dance, but it's very, Buddy's getting all grabby. He's a rapist. <laughs> Which, again, everyone dismisses very, like, ha, 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 boys will be boys kind of That's way. That's Buddy. Right. Which, again, is unsettling. All right, so Charles finally arrives at the prom. He's a little bit late, of course, but, you know, werewolf's willing to forgive him. You know, he's, he's got the corsage. Depends on honor. It's precious. Buddy comes over. They have a little talk. You know, Buddy's like, hey, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sorry about the whole thing with the frat house. With the rela- you think Buddy's learned his lesson. Then Buddy says, oh, check this out. I bought his tickets to Vegas. Come on, Rain Man. Let's go. <laughs> will, when will he learn? Willie Ames. He's a rascal. Well, your schemes never end. Never. Never. And Charles outright refuses. Right. No. No room to wiggle anymore. He says, no. Not doing it. Right after he leaves, uh, Prelog comes up. And he's upset because of the frat incident. He wants to have a few few more words. 
So joined by the same guys at the amusement park. Yeah, we have no, the mystery guys who are affiliated with Sky. We didn't have anything better to do, so exactly. we figured we'd come to the prom. So <laughs> some uh, underage point thing. So buddy's like, look, um, hey, you know, I, I know we, you know, we, we've been at it, but I've got something for you, and you know, we all think obviously he's going to give him the the Vegas tickets, and then that oh, yeah. that subplot will be tied up. And then it'll be like, oh, okay, you know, get guy. away. Yeah, he's a surprisingly good sport about all this. Right, right, right. We've got a score to settle. Last night. Hey, don't get excited. Uh, look, I want to be pals, okay? I brought you something. It's to make up for what happened. I'm really not such a bad guy. And just to show you, there's no hard feelings, Robbie. I want you to have this for my personal collection. <sighs> um, but wait, no. that's those aren't the Vegas tickets. Uh oh, it's an envelope. Yeah, so it's a picture of cheerleader and buddy intimately embraced. And she's topless. Yeah, she's, she's topless. Yeah, it's the photo. It's the rape photo. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, be careful what you do. Because it may come back home to you. Yep. People and might she's be taking shocked. photographs or videos. Shocked. Well, of course, he has a nude picture of her. Mm-hmm. And Buddy's like, ha ha. <laughs> I gotcha. Kind of. Gotcha. gotcha. I raped gotcha. you, pretty much. Yeah. And, of course, these guys, you know, they're, they're about to beat the crap out of him. Luckily, Charles is like, oh, he's my friend. I gotta help him out. He's using him like a crutch. What he's a friend. <laughs> he's a D-bag, but I gotta help him. Like, if, if Buddy didn't have a friend with mental powers, oh my god, he would be dead How by now. How did he survive this, this far? Who did knows? he just not go beyond his means, and now, it's, since he like, has yeah, powers? Yeah, it's like, now, it's like, it's anything goes. Yeah. I got a friend that can bail me out. Whatever. I'll do what I want. I'll kill a bitch. It's okay. Charles will help. So he, Charles does help, easily disbands all these people. Right. But then cheerleader throws in a wild card. She throws a watermelon at him and hits him on the head. Oh, hits him in the head. And I think this might set him off a little bit more than normal because he goes crazy after this, right? Yeah. It's like it's like getting hit in the head um, soups up his powers or something. No explanation. There's like a slow motion effect, so we're not 100% sure what's going on. Right. I thought, okay, well, maybe he's just going to lose his powers now. Oh, yeah, we be, all That'll see. be the end. And this is basically, again, the, the carry homage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the door, the gym doors fly open. There's wind. And a lot of tops get torn off, including Bravo. cheerleader. And where in carry, where it was a nightmare, everyone was locked in. This is there was fun. a fire. People were going to die. This is a giant orgy of a time. It's awesome. Bravo. And there's even some men <laughs> running around in their it's underwear. Bravo. He's an equal opportunist. He rips off men, too. Yeah. They're close. Yeah. You know what, guys? We love. People, be, yeah, clothes are being stripped off. Uh, everything's crazy things are happening. Baseball coach is there with his wife. He's ogling everybody. He tries to grab a young, fresh thing, and she goes, you son of a bitch. The, pr- the principal at this point, he's, he's, hooked, up with, uh, he's hooked up with his secretary. Oh, and yeah. They're, They've snuck up behind the glitter. So, they're, they're uh, you know, they're fine. They're like, whatever. We're, we're together. It's all good. Kids. Can we go back here and An- another time where uh, Werewolf is beside Charles, like laughing, basically what he's doing, kind of, but kind of like, all right, now stop, now stop. <laughs> Once again, uh-huh, it's funny. No, but seriously, stop. As long oh, as I'm included again. in the joke, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, what if her top had been ripped off? She would have been angry. She would have yeah. been like, hey, come on, I'm part of the inner circle. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've helped you do experiments for that journal that we haven't been talking about. <laughs> So this is going. Everything's going crazy. Buddy's enjoying. He's enjoying it. The cheerleader, cheerleader gets her clothes ripped off. He's like, "Aha!" And he goes to chase after her. Yeah, yeah. To what? once again, basically, try to have like she's not going to have sex with you, dude. Especially now. Yeah. Is he just? I think he was going to rape her. Yeah. This is going to be. I, he does a little like, grouch remarks like because she's she's pissed off at him because of the photo. She doesn't want to see him. No. He's just going after the. You're a fucking criminal. It's yeah, creepy. that's where it gets creepy. Creepy. Because you know, dismissed by all the other hilarity. I just imagine the rest of the school shut down, so she's like running through darkened halls, <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, baby." Oh, that's really <laughs> creepy. She probably like ran into another part of. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, we, buddy. We never do see her again. Never do see her again. Wow, she was zapped into oblivion. She's she's crying. She's hey. crying ball up in a corner somewhere. Hey Charles, I was raping the cheerleader and I kind of hit her over the head. Can you dismember her, Adam by Adam? Sure. <laughs> oh, I think I may have gotten Easy her pregnant. Clean. Could you do something about that? Can you give a mental abortion? Come <laughs> That. So um so you know uh, somehow Charles gets hit in the head again. again. I can't remember how he gets hit in the head again. Water hose. Happen. He starts making the water hose come out. And right. It hits him, and he falls. I don't know why he was even getting the water hose. I kind of wanted to see where he was going to escalate the party. I, yeah, I think he was going to have a big wet t-shirt party. Come on! But he gets hit on the head. Falls. Right. Gets on the head. Uh, and then he can't use his powers. I've lost it. What? The power. I've lost it. Wow. Hitting your head and, and getting knocked unconscious must have shifted things back to normal. Well, at least you weren't hurt. I knew it was too good to last. Guess this kind of messes up your research, huh? Guess it kind of does. Well, no more exploding clothes for the telekinetic kid. You'll just have to do it with your own two hands. Oh, he's lost his powers. Buddy's probably royally pissed, but keep. Oh yeah. Inside. Well, Buddy comes up there. They're yeah. The two people who are using him come up and basically say, "Oh, we're all right." And he's like, "I can't use my powers anymore." And Buddy's like, oh, "Okay, whatever. It sucks, but we're all like, oh well. So much for our scientific research. Oh, I well. still love you. Yeah, Thank you're you still me. okay, I guess. You probably I will say this though. I give Charles props because this was all a test. It was right. He wanted to see what the reactions would be. Right. Buddy's a true friend. Buddy is a true friend in the fact that he loses his power. He's like, you know what? That's cool. Whatever. It was a fun ride. It was a damn fun ride. I raped some bitches. It's cool. And she she still likes him. And she still likes him, but like Brad said, she's probably going to break up with him later. Maybe he should have waited. She sneezes. And a a handkerchief. The gentleman Charles is. Yeah. A handkerchief floats out of his pocket. He still has... Oh, he was magic. He was just he was just put on a show so Buddy would leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone, Buddy. I need That's to, all. I just want to live in my life. I just want to use my powers on my bitch. Mm-hmm. Not so much with you, Buddy. So they leave the party, which is you know going awesome at this point. Yeah, yeah. at that point I think it was just quite the best that, party yeah, ever. At that point it's just an orgy. And they get out down the street. <laughs> she goes, "Come on, walk me home." And. Why walk when you can fly? <laughs> this membrane, this like fucking light membrane, like Xanadu, appears around them. And they fly away. Yeah. yeah. And she goes, what are you doing? Zapped. <laughs> Zapped. I think I would be surprised too, considering you just lied to me 20 seconds ago and said you didn't have She eyes. knows. I think they, they were in on it together. Maybe she convinced yeah. him to lie so buddy. Here, here's what's going to happen in the future. Okay, they're going to go off to college. Um, Charles is going to... Um, choose to go to a different college than Buddy because obviously he's done with that friendship. He's going to damage him. He's, he's going to try to get rid of him. So he's going to try to get rid of Buddy, go to a different college. Buddy oh. resents it, recreates the formula, becomes his own zapped. Exactly. And then oh. they have to fight. Yeah, and there's evil zap. Zap versus zapped. That's a really, actually, that's a really good premise. For yeah. But of course, Buddy's, um, Buddy's chemical is in the same so it messes up and he's, you know, ends up with cancer. And he says, oh. please, Charles, cure my cancer. Zap it. Nope. Um, Joe's got a tough choice to make. Mm. And then Werewolf turns into a werewolf until we go. Sequel sounds much better than yeah. this one, honestly. Oh, this yeah. is a very long origin story with a lot of subplots. Exactly. <laughs> well, we got to talk about the last thing in the movie is the end credits oh. music. Oh, it was amazing. It's called a- Ready or Not. I think the song was called Ready or Not. I think so, too. But anyway. It, it was called had- Amazing. Yeah. It was basically the theme for the TV show of Zapped that you clearly <laughs> know they wanted to make. 
Oh, this would have been an interesting television show for sure. What a great song. Because Charles in Charge was already in full swing by this point. Right? Uh, I think Charles in Charge came like two years yeah. later. Oh, okay. They so got, maybe they got the old team back together again. Maybe they were thinking, let's try and get these guys to do a TV show. Maybe Zap didn't work out. But they, they got him Charles in Charge. Oh, yeah. They were a duo. That's how Hollywood yeah. works. They're good people. They're kind, good people. Absolutely. But that music was great. Oh, man. It, one of the best things Seriously. in the film. You gotta get me that MP3. <laughs> <laughs> Just jogged to that all day. So what What do you guys think of Zap in, in totality? What, what Question, what did we learn from Zap? Ah, there you go. What have we learned from Zap? Women have arbitrary flights of fancy. One minute they want this, the other... I, I'm just glad I'm gay. Because <laughs> I can't deal with this. I so get frustrated. Yeah. That's what I like. I never, I never thought about it that way. But yeah. I never thought about maybe can't, being gay. Can't, can't. <laughs> no, that's just so kidding. Scratches and scratches. Scratches and scratches. Whoa! Five and two. Five and two, Jesus. I'm trying to think of something I learned. I think 13-year-old boys watching this would learn, hey... I gotta get me a girl, and I gotta figure it out quick. I don't got magic powers, but I gotta make this happen. I learned that chicks in the eighties were much less likely to wear bras. Okay, yeah. true. Yeah, very prom. Very valuable lesson to learn. If you're wearing a thick, heavy prom dress, it's made of very thick material. You want that? You really want that rubbing up against your breasts? You want oh, something not, in between, right? That's not that you're thinking about this weight. Uh, easy access. Easy access. I guess. Just pop it. But they'll only give you easy access after like a dinner, a trip to Hawaii. And like a Cuban cigar, <laughs> then they're like, "Oh, okay." Different well. times. Or, Different times. Are, are a very well constructed series of lies. Very yeah. true. Mm-hmm. I've also uh, something too. I did learn was that no doesn't mean no. no. Doesn't mean no. Yeah. If there's a giggle with the no, that means okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's try it. Rape, rape gets a bad rap. That's what I learned. <laughs> and if if someone's boyfriend comes at you with a punch. You can humiliate him by ripping off his girlfriend's dress. Oh, yeah. It's it's an eye for an eye, really. Yeah, yeah. that's really fucked up, actually. <laughs> I'm so glad that we live in 2009. So Not much better now. Archaic times in the 80s when all this was going. There's no gender problem. There's no race oh, problem. It's not. It's it's funny to watch these movies and laugh. It's like, oh, those cavemen. I, I also learned that um, if you need to relive um, relieve some stress. You can just go uh, bicycling with Albert Einstein on a bicycle built for two. <laughs> and all of your problems go away. You need to stop eating the chili dogs and the salami. I still think salami is a euphemism. Every time that baseball coach <laughs> said, she won't let me eat salami, it, it just sounded like something freaky. <laughs> Come on, baby, Jonathan, let me that eat is, salami. That is all you, my friend. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that one at all. I, I, I'm just saying. I, I learned hey, a man. new euphemism. I'll say something about this, also about the movie. Um... Normally when I watch movies from the 80s, it's always cool to see the fashions, and it was awesome to see the fashions in this. But it seemed like a lot of the things in this weren't as dated. Like, when I saw the people, they seemed more like, this could have happened in the 90s or even earlier Mm. this, you know, in 2000. It was very yuppie. Yeah, it was Uh, very yuppie But he was very tight, tight polo. Um, Charles was more laid back. He had that t-shirt with the two pockets. God, that was that pockets. was not a good fashion choice. Do you Ooh. have two pens? Just one? What? That's all you need. He's an Uber nerd. But he does have, you know, his own science laboratory. So. And if you're a cheerleader for the Penguins baseball team, you need to be getting some things with low tops. Because we want to see those yams. Tease us. Tease us until we get so angry that we want to zap you. Something. <laughs> I want to zap her. I, I also thought it was interesting that we never saw those thug kids again. Are like those punk rock kids? Oh yeah, that's they're at the beginning kind of during the uh, 
big meeting or whatever in the yeah. auditorium, and then the one gives a poem. And we do see that one chick, uh, because once the poem is like clubbing girls over the head, all the other girls are like, boo, and the girl's like, all right. Like, she's down yeah. with clubbing in the head. We never see, see them again. She's honest. She goes, all right, the girls are doing a boo in almost a parody way, like, ooh, boo, we don't approve of that. They're teasing his cock, basically. Right. <laughs> and she's honest. She's like, yeah, beat me. Well, Look you know, yeah. Well, I think I think the one thing the thing is this movie has more subplots per minute than any other film I've ever seen. There's so much stuff going on, so much stuff we didn't even cover, and it's so weird because you can't create a story like one through line. Right. But for some reason, they were very fast. There's a whole thing where the principal is like he's, he's got a, putting out a personal ad. He's trying to find a lady. There's a whole thing with the with the prince with the uh, with the coach and his and his um, wife wife his shrew of a wife that won't let him have salami. There's so much going on. Oh, they want the affair Buddy's having with uh, the principal's assistant. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, God. Yeah. She's basically that's that goes absolutely nowhere. And she is. There's a lot of ugly in this movie. But for some reason, we're supposed to think she's really hot because he does a photo shoot with her, and she's like. <laughs> You won't forget me when you go to college. Oh, but how can I forget your love? I cherish our love. She's hideous. Law lies. She's like no breasts. She's very flat. Most of the women in the movie have like really large breasts. She's True. flat. And she's kind of leering at him. Oh. Cougar on the prowl. Those people, those people at the park eating watermelon? Yeah. Where, who were they? Because that one girl was incredibly hot. It might be the hottest person in this movie that we saw for three seconds. I don't know, dude. I think that, I thought the cheerleader was pretty hot. She was pretty hot, but she she was so 80s that... She's pretty hot for a 24-year-old. <laughs> would look like that if she was actually 18. Very oh, true, very true. She was hot, but still, she was very 80s. Yeah. Also, I also learned, and this is the one thing I think is probably the most important, that music can make any movie better. Yes. We talked about how awesome the music was, but music. seriously. Yes. Good montages and music can save a film from being absolutely... Well... I wouldn't say this movie. I mean, I enjoyed this movie for what it was. Absolutely. It was a fun ride, but it would not have been as fun if it didn't have its awesome I'd say that final song, Ready or Not, is up there with the Perfect Strangers theme song, oh, which I it is one of my favorite 80s selections. Absolutely. Ready? Oh, I don't know how it goes anymore. <laughs> but there's a really cool high note in it oh, that, he, that he impresses us with, the uh, the performer. He's got my vote. I agree. That that song was awesome. I mean, we've talked about it before, but can we go... Can we not? I mean... I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. I love it. You've been you've been struck down with love. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, zapped. It's out there. Zapped. Jack. And here we are once again in the Situation Room. Jonathan, Situation. Okay. Ready. Through rather bizarre means involving a mixture of numerous alcohols and growth serums, you've been inundated with the nearly limitless powers of a demigod. <sighs> with, the world, with the world potentially at your feet, name three of the things you'd want to do first to herald in your new world order. Hmm. Three things you're going to do first with your god powers. First, I would require that all frat houses have not one, but two pinball machines. <laughs> and if they didn't meet this code, I would make their heads explode. Second. Interesting you do your god powers first, but continue. <laughs> yes. Second, with my nearly limitless powers, I will demand that all women not wear bras. We'll have one large bra-burning ceremony. Bravo. If any woman is caught wearing a bra, I will make their heads explode. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love this world. Wow, Jonathan, I did not expect these answers from you. I'm loving this. Lastly, if you're growing marijuana, I require that you hide it behind large, very fake-looking orchids. And if someone of authority finds out that you have said marijuana, burn it. If you don't, I'll make your heads explode. <laughs> Done. All, all hail Jonathan. Nice. Hey, I've got Lord eternity. Jonathan. I've got eternity you know to figure what? out the other stuff. This world sounds pretty good so far. Yep. I'm a fan. Sweet. Yeah. I'm a pretty good demigod. Okay. Situation. A Mexican production company has just wrapped the filming of an unofficial sequel to Zapped. It stars Santos, a demon named Gabagul, and their battle for the souls of humanity. Oh, and also Santos gets Zapped powers from Haley's Comet. <laughs> Who will do the English dub for Santos, a recognizable American actor, and what's the Spanish title of this movie? Ooh. Hmm. We gotta get Scott Bayo as the lead character again. It's the sequel to Zapped. The English dub of Santos? Why not? Large beefy Mexican wrestler? I think it's I think it's cooler if in the sequel to Zapped, it has Scott Bayo's voice. So it might have been like maybe there was a time period where he like beefed up and there yeah, you go. Sure. Okay. Well no, I, you're assuming that they're different people, right? Because he gets different Zap powers. At the oh. end of Zapped, Scott Bayo still got his powers. In this movie, Santos gets his powers from Haley's Comet. So we need, we need the voiceover, right? Is that we need a voiceover. Yes, we need someone who will bring in the people. I take right. it back. Scott Bale's not going to work. Um, Brad, you got any ideas? Schwarzenegger. Ooh. Schwarzenegger. There you go. I agree. And what is the title of this? It's all you. Zapped sequel. Guys, I do not remember anything from Spanish class in high school. Just think of, just think of some basic vocab words. Let's see if we can string that together. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty basic, Jonathan. I know that uh, Papa's La Fritas is French fries. French fries. We're calling French fries. I know that Polo is chicken. And I can, I can say, uh, Mi amo Alejandro, com, como te llamas? And what does that mean? Hey, my name is Alex. What's your name? Well, oh. okay. So what if we made it Santo? Hello, my name is Santo. <laughs> Hello, my name is Santo. Zeped dos, and then that for the subtitle. Done. Good. There Without go. those two things, we would have never been able to put it into theaters. Nice. <laughs> Sadly, I have, some, I have a somewhat similar question. Oh, no. This no, has never happened before. If it's, if it's similar, you have to make up a new wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. After the release of this episode of Ramjack, the movie Zapped is finally recognized for the amazing artistic achievement that it is. In fact, the film is being remade for the, Latin, for the Latino Mexican audience. How will you A, cast, and B, change Zapped to make El Zapped a super success in the international markets? I, I, I think it's different enough that I think so can too. roll with it. So how will I cast it? How you cast it? You know, we, we want to make this Mexican-Latino friendly. Okay. Is this a sequel or just a remake? It's a remake. Oh, and so this how, is a remake. Did you say how will it be marketed? Yeah, and how, how, will you, how, will you, um, how will you change it to make it more friendly to an international market? Okay, well, this is how you cast it, okay? You get a uh, – in the remake, in my remake, a girl will get the powers. Okay. And she'll be a – Who is a, it? Ah. Uh, a a famous soap opera star from Mexico. Mm, no Whoever, names. Hmm. No, no, in, no. It's someone that all of the housewives will go see. Uh, I, I can't think of any names now on my green lit list. But uh, <laughs> someone, someone very sensuous and sassy and brassy. Right. Who's like twenty eight, but could maybe pass as twenty seven and technically eighteen. Uh, <laughs> so you give her the zapped powers, and then her friend is like a like a. A big tumbly guy, like very wacky, and he's always eating like a turkey leg. 
And he always like has the little comic side quip, like "Oh, yeah, yeah. and you know, I can't speak Spanish." But would he also have like the uh, the freckles and then like the weird orange <laughs> hair thing that they put into Spanish soap operas? Yes, have you heard about this. What yes. is that character's name? Uh, I, I think his name is uh, El Gato, the which cat? in Spanish means <laughs> the cat, but is also the cats are very funny in Mexico. So yes, uh, we'll have El Gato. No, Jonathan. Uh, hey, hey, I've been there before. Never. Uh, but El Gato is very funny in Mexico. So you got the sexy lady, El Gato providing the comic relief, and maybe a baby. A very, Ra- a very cute baby. I, I just throw this in. Can Paul Rodriguez please play the principal? Yes. <laughs> yes, he can. Because he's a very recognizable man in that, in that culture. But there's also a baby who also gets zapped powers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're turning oh. this remake into something totally different than hey, that. Hey, sometimes a remake is a chance to have new opportunities with the core spine. Okay. We've got this out of powers, but let's branch out a little bit. We've already changed it to a woman. So there's it, the possibilities are endless. Now, the question of marketing it to international audiences. Take the poster, put scan it, whitewash it. Take, take the actors, just make them white. Done. It costs nothing, and people will think it's about white people. But how does that help? You're trying, to say, want, you're trying you're making an American movie for an international market. I thought I was making a Mexican movie that had a market. No, to the you're making crowd. you're making a movie for with in mind the Mexican Latino hmm. community. Okay, so how would I market that film? Okay. And you're trying how are you going to market it <laughs> to to an international market? I'll be honest, uh, Jonathan, so far I don't really want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. Look, you've already failed in my eyes. Uh, I didn't know I could fail in this situation. It's the equivalent, it's the equivalent of the you George Lopez fail. show. You're trying oh. to, it's like a sitcom for the Mexican Latino community. I think they'll like it. For, I think they'll like it. And this is how I would okay scratch with that last on the poster. I'm gonna no, no if I have to market this. it. Okay. I have to market it to the crowd it's originally intended for. Then uh, give away a coupon <laughs> with each ticket, and the coupon gets you a free edible sombrero. Fair enough. Every Correct. ticket worldwide markets everywhere can give edible sombreros. The Japanese sombrero. love yes. edible sombreros. Oh yes, they do. They're weird. Fair They'll enough. love that. Fair enough. I'm the smartest man in Hollywood. Mexican Hollywood. John, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> you don't want to see my movie. <laughs> you, of course not. No. I'm grumpy now. <laughs> not even for an edible sombrero. Not at all. Fine. All right. Back to me. Back to you. Situation. A cloud of pot smog is suddenly released, and you are immediately hit with its mind-bending effects. Oh no, Brad. Describe your personal ganja-fueled trip and the stimulating pleasures it brings. Where are you? Who do you meet? Etc. Etc. I want to throw this in really quick. I, I, I've come across some people who are heavy into drugs. No. And I always ask them about their experience being high or whatever. And I will say this. Sometimes they claim... That they share experiences with other people that are getting high at the same time. Hallucinatory experiences? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, there was this guy who went to Mexico, oddly enough. Uh, he was on spring break, and he, all of his friends took LSD together, and they all claimed to see the same stuff happening at once. And they said it was weird. Of course, they explained it the way with hippie jive, but, I mean, that's impossible. But, so what are you saying? Would you like to share All I'm saying is, hypothetically, or? could could ours cross? Are we having the same experience? Sure. You both open the door at the same time. All smog right. hits you in the face. So, okay. so what's there? So where? Oh. Well, let's think about what would normally happen is, I guess, our closest memory to right now or something associated with it would trigger immediately, right? So we've just opened up this furnace. 
pot smoke blew on our faces. I'm only assuming that a student has stashed this pot smoke, and he might also be the resident scientist of a school, right? Makes sense. Yeah. Because we would obviously be, you know, teaching, um, okay. and maybe we're coaches too. I don't know. We just came across this guy in sure. Furnace. So we'd immediately think of him doing something, right? Okay. All right, and maybe on the wall of his, because uh, he's he's the scientist. So of course, there's a stereotypical science posters. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Albert Einstein, maybe Stephen Hawking. I don't nice. know. He's there. Um, Brad, how does this go on from now? I I think what's happening is I think um I think we're floating around in a hot air balloon with Stephen Hawking, who can walk, and Gomez. Yes. Where are we flying over? Um, like over over like over like a green pasture. Like we'll have like mountains and things in the distance. This is a good time. Yeah. I often do this when I like to yeah. relax. Just yeah. fly. We've got like a picnic basket, you know. We're going on a picnic? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I think man. it's fun. So so we've we've cruised for a while. We come back down maybe and we're land on, on this giant green field. Yeah. Get out a pic a picnic blanket, throw mm-hmm. it down and just enjoy yeah. enjoy a picnic. And just yeah. Enjoy it. Have what fun. kind of food would you want? Um, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe some, you know, sandwiches, maybe, maybe some chicken, um, oh. maybe potato salad. This is a nice, yeah. wait a minute, what it's was quaint. that? Did you what? hear that? What was that? Oh my oh, god, no. it feels like the ground shaking. Oh my god. Oh no, this is a, oh, we're hitting a bad trip, Brad. Oh no, what's happening? Oh god, I think there's ants coming. <laughs> oh no, they're ants! <laughs> no! Oh. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're riding mice. <laughs> and is that in the distance a mecha ant no. coming to rule us? No. No. I do love the fact that the situation was to just create your own pleasure field, but at the end. <laughs> no, you, man. Hey, we all know the trips go bad happens. in the that's end. That's Come on. That's, gotta kids got to stay off drugs, man. You got to give them the some downs, kind of false. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Trip. I guess we'd wake up pretty soon after that. All right, Jonathan. Do you like antiques? FYI. Just- I'm a gay man. I love antiques. All right. Okay. Well, this, this question it's is a interesting. Stereotype. A Sunday morning antique excursion yields surprises. Oh, goody. The swanky disco era table lamp that you bought actually harbors an evil genie. I bought a, t- a disco lamp. Mm. Jonathan, I've... This is an interesting scenario. You got, car- you got carried away. You got carried away. I think it's it spoke to you. Um, he gives you these options to be cursed by. He's going to curse you. He's evil, but yet he's going to give you this option. And they're both pretty bad. All right? Genie bastard. Okay, so here's your options. You can either be noticed or never noticed by everyone or everything. That's your option. So curse A, noticed by everyone, everything. Curse B, never noticed by anyone or anything. Oh, you gotta go with choice A. Wait, let, let, let's, okay, things oh. to think about. Things to think about. <laughs> Another word. Caveats. Think about this. If you go to the mall, everyone will know you're there. Everyone's going to be like, oh my god, what the hell is Jonathan doing? What is he doing here? They're all going to notice you. Or if- You're using a kind of sexy tone. I don't understand I don't what know, the problem man. is. <laughs> what are the cons Everyone's of noticing you. Everyone. When sure. You eat, everyone's going to be looking at you eating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is great. But if you, choose the other, if you choose the other option, no one would ever see you. That's like I'm dead. <laughs> Basically. That's yeah. like I'm a walking corpse. Also, think about dating prospects. Opens the field up totally. People that, you know, you may never notice. All of a sudden, notice you. Or no one ever notices you. It's pretty lonely. 
Yeah, yeah. So basically, what, but if no one noticed me, the only con I could see is material. Like I could sneak into a bank. I could steal things and no one would notice. But how are you going to spend that money? When no, one's, no one's there to spend it on. See, your choice A. You got to go with choice A. I, I would agree, actually. Yeah, I, I think I'd still have a discerning perfect. mind. I'd be able to tell who was just who was really in it to win it, and who was just like, "Oh, hi there." I, 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 I yeah. Sorry, Jeannie. Kinda a question to... I asked the Jeannie didn't answer. I guess you'll just have to figure this out as you're being noticed by everyone. But are they consciously aware that you're the guy that always gets noticed, or is it just, "Oh, who is that?" As in, "Oh my God, we, your secret we have to notice this guy." Will now. your secret eventually leak out, and they're like. Oh, I can't help but notice him. Is this what's happened to Heidi Montag? <laughs> I, I think I think they don't realize it. If a genie is worth his salt, then he would just spread his magic, and it would be a given. I don't oh, think yeah. people would be self aware. There would be no question about it. Not and I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't walk around going. You know, the only reason you're noticing me is because of genie, right? Oh, dude, I was antiquing Sunday with Bill, <laughs> and I found this disco lamp. Don't even get me started. I open it, genie. <laughs> he cursed me. He gave me two options. Really weird. There you go. Everyone would go, oh, Jonathan, you're so funny. We love your stories. Noticing, noticing, noticing. <laughs> and I'd go, yes, notice me. I get a lot of sex. <laughs> I think I get laid like 24 hours a day. I'd be fine with that. I get anyone I wanted. Jonathan, you can command a situation very well. Well played. Well played. Bravo. Except Mexican film distribution and marketing. <laughs> yeah, that was rubbish. That Jonathan, was rubbish. we need to market this film. Uh, You'll never work in Hollywood How about again. this? That's awful. <laughs> All right. Oh, back, third back, situation. Back to you. Yes, I have come up with a third situation. So, a 50-year-old man has come into your police station. He has just been raped. So you go out and you round up the usual suspects. Of course. Now, who is the most likely to have committed the rape? Don't um, go based just on stereotypes from recent headlines. Think about this. You got three options, okay? There is the artist. He's wearing a beret, pencil and mustache, also schizophrenic. Nice. He's erratic. You don't know what he's going to do. Second option, a tattooed woman. Maybe a little flab on the arms. The tattoos are maybe melting a little bit oh. from strain. Maybe she's got a, a mustache. Oh, what? She's oh. she's she looks suspicious. And then the third is a Swiss postal worker who has been reading your mail. I, I, I he's just reading everyone's mail. Oh. He moved into town. What? Who is the most likely suspect? Sketchy postal worker. First off, I got a question for you about this, Jonathan. Which yes. one of us is the buddy? Which one of us is the rookie cop? And which is the one that's yeah veteran cop? Brad's the veteran. Yes. Alex is the rookie. Shaking things up. Alex believes in the best in people, and Brad knows from years of experience not to trust anyone. Right. All right. This is getting better and better. Nice. All right. So who committed this act? Look, from, from years on the force, I got to say, postal workers are always crazy. Never trust them. Mm, I don't know about that. Look, rookie. <laughs> listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I know how to trust my gut. I think you're getting old, man. Let's think outside the box. You know, recently, <laughs> a band of tattooed women raped a man in, uh, was it Sweden? What? Yeah. Look, as a 50-year-old cop, I've been on the force long enough. If a band of tattooed women attacked and sexually molested me, I wouldn't be going to the cops about it. <laughs> Can we ask any questions about this 50-year-old man? Sure. And also, keep in mind of what I said earlier. Don't base your presumptions on the headlines from recent newspapers. Well, no, I know. I'm not basing it. I'm just saying. Just because some tattooed ladies rape doesn't mean all tattooed ladies. I know. I'm just saying. I'm trying to open up his, his mind here. The 50-year-old man. Uh, Go. 50-year-old man. I'm Wait. the 50-year-old man. Ask me. <laughs> all right. Um, 
Who did this to you, 50-year-old man? <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember shapes. I'm a very old man. This Was this something that you didn't... It happened out of nowhere. I was just riding my bike, singing a song, and suddenly I was raped. Was it a bicycle built for two? No. I haven't had one of those since 19 dippity two. Did you say no, but you really meant yes? It was strange. I had mixed feelings. (laughs) Sometimes it felt good. Sometimes it felt bad. Mm, Okay, well, they got our work cut out for us. Okay, I got a question for Jonathan, not 50-year-old man. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Is there an answer to this? Like when we give our when we give our guests, or do you have an answer of who actually did it? Yes, Ooh, there okay. is an answer. So this is almost like a game now. <laughs> Previously there wasn't, but now I have one. <laughs> I know. Oh, Brad, what are we gonna do? I don't trust artists, and I don't trust mailmen. <laughs> See, I almost thought: are, are we in agreement that artists didn't do it? I don't trust because either one of us. Went I don't trust first. those artsy fartsy bastards. I'm a grizzled old cop. Mm. He has been recently diagnosed with schizophrenia. True. It's linked to his genes. You can't help it. But <laughs> So we can also surmise that this artist may not really be a real artist. Uh, he may not actually have the intelligence to command it because if he's schizophrenic, perhaps. And okay, this is general, very big stereotypes and stuff. I mean, well, not stereotypes, but I guess we can surmise that maybe he's not the most intelligent artist, maybe. Not are any of them? <laughs> Bunch of fruits. Maybe he's not thinking. I don't, I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it. All right, rookie, who do you think did it? I would suggest scratching off the suspects one by one until you find who the real culprit Are is. Are you comfortable in your scratching mind. off the artist, rookie cop? Who do you who would lean upon more? Artist or the other guy? I never trust a mailman. You can trust a mailman, man. Especially not a Swiss mailman. Nah, fuck the Swiss. No, I put my money on the Swiss. I trust the Swiss more I sc- than I Scratch do. off the artist. Scratch off the scratch artist. Off the artist. I say scratch off the woman. Scratch off the woman. Doesn't I'm make kidding. sense. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, not scratch off the woman. Oh. Hey, you, postal worker, do you want to go with him? Yes. We're going with postal worker. Hate the Swiss. Who was it? It was the postal worker. <gasps> Yay! That's why you gotta listen to the elders. He was reading the old man's mail. He knew that he had a pen pal and that they talked about riding bikes a lot. So he began to figure out the man's bike riding habits. And he raped him. Uh, nice. Good job. Good, good job. investigative work, boys. Hey. I'm the old cop on the force. It's going to work out. This is going to work out. You know what, rookie? You may be all right after all, <laughs> but you're not going to get to drive. Oh, no. All right. Situation. Dun, dun. The super-powered zapped mouse has escaped. <laughs> Shit. And what's more, it has joined forces with the ants. No! The machines. God almighty. And the nefarious state of Connecticut to destroy the Ramjack Freedom Militia. How will you defeat them using only the strong-willed Fram- Ramjack Freedom Fighters, a band of newly liberated furries, and characters from the films we've d- we've covered? Oh my god! <laughs> well, that's a nice one to end on. My goodness, how do you go up against mice, ants, machines, and the entire state of Connecticut? Yeah. Now, I assume you're only talking about the authority of Connecticut, right, right, because right. they're the, in charge of the conspiracy. Yeah, the bastards that are creating anti-furry conspiracy. Well, at first I would enlist the people of Connecticut in my freedom fighting mm-hmm. team. That way I would have them on my side. Also, there's a lot of furries in there. Use the furries as a distraction to the mice and the ants. Have them dress up as mice and ants. Nice. The ants will think, hmm, interesting. And then the mice will think, hmm, interesting. 
and they'll believe them to be part of their group. And since they're so big, they'll think they're our leaders. Done. Nice. Wow. Done. Good. So Good. We, we basically walk them into a dangerous situation. Giant clocks, maybe. Uh, we get them on <laughs> sticky conveyor belts. They're all dead. We have clocks that run for years and years and years. That's a plus. That's a side plus. Uh, so now we got the machines, and we got Connecticut. So what we do is uh, we enlist the vampires. Uh, during a thunderstorm, when no one would suspect it, we have them uh, toss baseballs into the air, crack them with their bats. They go through the windows of the Connecticut authorities <laughs> and hit them on the head. And then we relocate them with different identities so that they won't hurt again. Nice. And as for the machines, we zap them. <laughs> zap them. We just zap them? Zap them, and they're, uh, they blow up. We see their boobs, and then they blow up. <laughs> nice. Done. Wow. Nice. Everything taken care of. Yeah. Very nice, Jonathan. Bonus situation. Uh, oh, my bonus. Alex, this is for you. Oh, uh, what? <clears throat> There's a new boy in the neighborhood. He lives downstairs, and it's understood he's, just, he's there just to take good care of me. Well, he's part of the family. You are a New Jersey police detective. <laughs> And this is a note you receive from a frightened young lady <laughs> working to uncover the serial rape and incest going on in the small suburban community of Copeland. How would you proceed to apprehend the monsters responsible for these vicious crimes? Wow. So that's the note I get from, the, from a girl. Yeah. Is it anonymous? I mean, yeah. I don't know who it was. Don't know. How are you going to find out? This is a college town, right? So there's always yeah. new kids coming into this place. So this exactly. is impossible. Well. New boy in the neighborhood. He lives downstairs, and it's understood he's there to take, just, to take, just to take good care of me like he's part of the family. So Does that sad. imply that her family also does this to her? Yeah. Whoa. And you, well, you already know. You're already investigating, you know, serial rape and incest going on in the town somehow. May Are I offer a bit of investigative advice? Please do. She says he lives downstairs? Mm-hmm. First, get the blueprints of the city. Find the houses that have downstairs. Basements. That way you can get rid of a good percentage of the houses. That's, well, what that's if, all I got. What if she lives in a two-story house and she means the bottoms? She lives on the top story and then he just lives on the first Damn floor. So we do need to find a... This okay, girl doesn't can, have nearly enough information. <laughs> we can rule out all houses that are just one floor. One story. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. So a lot of One houses, floor, yeah. no basement. That They're all gone. This is, the, this is the best lead you've had in this case. Do I know how old this girl is? Exactly. I don't know anything about this girl. It's just a note. Yeah, that's all you know. So this could be some this could be some pervert on the college campus. He could be in a dorm, mm-hmm. which I doubt, but it's possible. Or he could be in one of the houses. Damn. What are you going to do? Something tells me this guy's pretty charming if he's gotten away with it this long. Very true. Toothy grin, nice haircut, clean cut, clean cut, good clothes. I got I to... Gotta, I'm going to hit the streets. Hit the streets. Go around suburbia. Maybe go to the local pizza, pizza joints. Ask around. Like, hey, um, you know about anybody hiring a young boy, maybe a college student? I don't know. Recently. And see where that leads. I mean, I, I don't really know where to go off from that because I, I can't predict the information. All right. Me. Let's say uh, that leads you, um, you know, you, you've, uh, you've gotten to the home of uh, Willie Ames. Buddy Limbeck. Because <laughs> they found out, you know, yeah, he just got hired. He got some job working a lemonade stand. Hmm. Well, then I'd rough up this guy, Willie Ames. Get some information from him. I've heard of Willie Ames. He'll talk. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll talk like a... I mean, there's not much else I can do until I talk to Willie Ames. 
How do you find Meanwhile, a girl is being raped. Raped. She's being zapped. She's being raped, not only raped. by the boy um, downstairs, but from her family. Ugh, I can't help oh, that. Grandma, I'm grandpa, trying the hardest I can. Little brother, the dog. Oh, She's scared. Dog, that's gross. She took the time to write a rhyming series of lyrics. But she also send them to you. She also didn't take the time to put a return address. That's because she's frightened. She had to get this. This is the only information she could get. You. Someone started she banging knows on her door. You're the one. Investigating How did I get this. this letter? How do I know this is not just some? Prank? It showed up. It showed up on your desk. It showed up on your desk. Well, you know it's not. Who put, the, who put that there? Who well, no, You're the detective. Because for the past six seasons, you've been hearing about this, <laughs> but you haven't had any evidence. Wow. Now, finally, yeah. And this is clean cut suburbia. Kids don't prank. If it all comes back to Buddy, he may be the one that's. Are you going to arrest? Are you going to arrest Buddy Lumbeck? Well, I've got to take him in for questioning at least. Rough him up. Maybe the guy's right under your nose. That's 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 all I have right now. All right, so we're going to incarcerate Buddy Lumbeck. You got to <laughs> be right. All right, Jesus rookie. <laughs> all right, fail. Fail? What do you mean fail? <laughs> Wasn't Buddy Lumbeck? Nope. Sorry. Who could it have been? Buddy Lumbeck's best friend. The most charming. Oh. Buddy Lumbeck is the second most charming. I didn't know. I said first. after I questioned Buddy, I'll go find out who else is doing well, this. I, it's too late. The girl's dead. <laughs> what? She's, lives she's downstairs and it's understood. That after you questioned Buddy, Buddy talked to his buddy Charles. They killed the girl. Buddy talked to his Wait buddy. a minute. Is that why that family moved to Seattle? And a new family moved in. Oh, this is making some sense now. Yeah, post-death. <laughs> Egg is on my face, guys. <laughs> I apologize. Bodies in the river below. Of course, I'm already fired now, right? Because I didn't get the case solved and someone died. This is what happens when Buddy you goes it. free. Buddy goes free because it wasn't his fault. You have to live with this the rest of your life. I do. Parading in my face. So I'm just assuming Charles is staying around. People yelling that at you new from your family. Car. How weird is that? Great job, detective, they'll say. Oh, don't rub it in. Man, you're going to develop a Leave drinking the force problem. shame. <laughs> I could have helped that girl. No. No. You think the drinking problem will... Uh, Affect my scuba diving, my love for scuba diving. Maybe you would have to do experiments Ooh, first. Yeah, yeah. How many? How many pints do you drink? About ten. Oh, uh, roughly. Yeah, <laughs> my a little bit. Hmm. When you go underwater inebriated, do you just bump into other people? Just bump into them over and over. I tend to wear like the old school giant bulb on my head. A girl died. Long suit. I just kind of walk across the bottom of the water, and I just kind of move my hands around. Yeah, probably gonna affect you. And also, a girl died. I can't believe you're even talking about this. Scuba diving? Not scuba diving. I guess that brings us to the end of another very sad situation room. Wow. (laughs) Charles in charge of our days and our nights. Charles Charles in charge of our wrongs and rights. (laughs) This new family isn't nearly as interesting. I was. I want Charles in charge. Don't make me say it. Say it. (laughs) No. You want me in charge of you. Sign this contract. Charles in charge of me. That contract will never hold up in court. Nonsense. I'll zap him. So that was episode seven of a Ramjack. Woo! Woo! Five and two equals a holy number. (laughs) <laughs> yes. and two. It's Seven. episode five and two. Hooray! This is officially episode five Hooray and two. Him. He is risen. If you would like to get in touch with us, there's a variety of ways you, in which you can do that. Brad. You can get us at ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, www.curiosityabounds.com forward slash ramjack. There's also a phone number you can call. 
206-339-5894. I repeat, our new voicemail number is 206-339-5894. I called the phone number, and look where I am today. <laughs> Jonathan Locked into the, the studio. Star on oh, two. Let me leave. No more, though. You're out. Oh, yay. You're uh, out. This is, your, this, is your last, this is your last chance. Cutting you loose, man. It's over. You can come back and visit. Okay. Anytime you want. You're welcome on Ramjack. Fool me once. Shame on you. <laughs> All right. I would also like to give a shout out to Chrome that supplies the music for this podcast. You can find their CD at, or their music, at cdbaby.com forward slash CD forward slash Chrome. And the song featured on here is actually called Out of Town, which is one of my favorites. But all of them are good. Check out Chrome. Also, um, Poppery 2, we love you. Organic popcorn, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yes. Pops at a 40% success rate. <laughs> Thank you, Organic Popcorn. <laughs> For nothing. All right, we've got another movie we're watching next week. Brad, do you have taglines for us? I do. Again, I have three taglines. Wow. First tagline, take a stand. Take a stand. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's it? it? That's it. Take a stand. Take a stand. These okay. taglines never help. <laughs> next one, he's coming to save the world one neighborhood at a time. I can only imagine what this is. I eh? third tagline: get meteorized. <laughs> Are you serious? That's about as good as marketing as mine. Are people making up these taglines and just adding them later? Get meteorized. So obviously, this is the classic. It's the classic 1993 film, The Meteor Man, starring Robert Townsend and Bill Cosby's back. Another Bill Cosby. Another Bill Cosby film, gentlemen. Woo. Yay! I'm going to take my top off. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not really. Jeez. Or are you? Ooh. Only if you give me material things. Or we've been zapped. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. And a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great. One last thing? Oh, yeah. One last thing. Send it now. You remember this, John? All right. Here we go. 